Welcome back to the Akatech Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the Detroit Red Wings, Jay. Join us always as my co-host, a peewee hockey team, Z. How are you today, Z? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. A little South Park reference for you. That's all right. Classic episode. I heard that we watched that episode. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's not just that one. <laughs> that was however many months ago. Maybe mm-hmm. two or three. Fun. South Park's good. They're back right now. Yeah. Are they, season 26? Yeah, they're doing the episodes right on special. Yeah, like an actual uh, season. Although I think there's there's doing it a whopping grand total of six episodes. So. Damn, they, but they can make those. That's that's one for every day they have to make the episodes. Yeah. So, so will they work for like a month and a half? And that's like, literally. Especially because this is the first full season they've done in, I don't know, three years. Yeah, to <laughs> I mean, those guys got to make, and they make so much money now. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I can't. I, and I don't got a problem with it. I love that shit. So. Oh, yeah. And get, th- get that bread, I guess. <laughs> yeah, get your bread, kings. Uh, but not. Uh, they did one on AI. Um, Chad GPT was the most recent one. Oh, I, I did see stuff, but that's pretty cool. There's a good one here. I like Chad GTP. The one before that was about Japanese toilets, which I didn't get as much because I was like, is this a, is this like a hot issue? At the moment? <laughs> it's their satire. Yeah, I don't know. The Japanese toilets. I mean, so not that all of it is, yeah, the most, you know, red hot. Biting satire you've ever seen. Some of it is just kind of goofy, but it was like, what was the first one? Oh, it was Kanye, <laughs> and then it was uh, the Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a decent one. So, but yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so think we'll move for things that aren't very good. <laughs> we saw the film was sixty-five. Yeah, Jake, you really uh, coming out the gate, you know? Oh yeah, give it a little time to marinate to to arrive there naturally, Jack. I was I was pretty natural. You've been leading the audience here. It was a clean transition. None of my movies have ever been sudden or forced from just rambling nonsense. Um. Well, so, yeah. Did you say what it was? We saw yeah, 65. 65 yeah. We saw the movie 65, uh, which is starring Adam Driver and a little girl whose name I don't know. And, um, well, it's the one with Adam Driver and dinosaurs. I mean, it's... It's what you pay for. Yeah. If there's anything you can say about this movie, it's exactly what it is. And it's entirely <laughs> what you'd expect and nothing that you wouldn't. And God bless it for it. Oh, I can't. Yeah, you can't really complain. Like you know, I, I, you know. You, you could, I, I guess you could complain. It would not could, be very good, but, but you can't say it didn't do what it set out to do. Uh, yeah, the only thing about it is, it, is you kind of say like, "Oh, this movie was kind of kind of shallow, a bit like not a whole lot to it." But it's like, yeah, we all saw the trailers. That's on you, really. Yeah. I, frankly, I'll say I, I feel like that's on you if you come away feeling that way because I had no illusions about what this was going to be. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's a tight hour 33. And God bless it for that, right? I God mean, bless it. Only three minutes longer than Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, which, perfect length. For that kind of movie, if that movie was two hours, I would I don't think I would have seen it. Because I've been like, oh, that movie's going to drag. That movie was too long as is, I'll say. Uh, yeah, it could have been a tight 45. Mm. Nice short film. <laughs> tight 45. <laughs> it might have been watchable then. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, oh, God, thank goodness. But anyways, I mean, again, there's not much to this movie. We'll just spoil it outright. If you want to see the dinosaur movie with Adam Driver, just see it. I mean, there's also nothing to spoil because, again, it's all there. But um, Adam Driver is a is a deep sea, deep sea, <laughs> deep space pilot guy. It's the future, but it's not. It's the past. It's so far in the past. It's, it's so incomprehensible. In Somehow, it, it you just get a little titles, a uh, couple title cards where it's like it's the past, but there's an advanced spacefaring alien civilization, but also. They look exactly like human beings. Is that ever elaborated on? No. no. I really, I mean, like I was thinking when the it shows that planet for the first time in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, it's Pandora. Just like Avatar 2. We brought it back, baby. Classic. Talking about Avatar 2. Great. Um, but yeah, basically he's just a pilot. Yeah. 
and the ship he's piloting crashes, and it crashes on Earth, and there's it's the past, so there's a bunch of aliens. But well, he thinks they're aliens, but they're just dinosaurs. Yeah, they're just just nice old dinosaurs. Uh, everybody dies that he's flying because he's like the pilot. Narrows in cryosleep. Kind of shitty to him because he had to stay awake yeah. alone for two years. Couldn't give him another guy to pilot with. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I kind of thought that too. Is it like is that the most efficient way to go about this? To just have them cryo sleep the whole time and he's just fully conscious. Yeah. It makes me. You know what? It made me think a couple times of the Chris Pratt Jennifer Lawrence movie right, Passengers. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I'm familiar with the plot. I believe that, if I recall, Chris, uh, which one? Pratt. He's woken up accidentally from cryo sleep, and then he's the only one awake. And then he wakes up Jennifer Lawrence to not be lonely, which is weird and creepy and kind of fucked up. But they they work it out. Yeah, he's like, oh, I want to have sex. I gotta have sex, so I'll wake up the woman one, but only one other person. I can't just wake up a bunch of people. Yeah, just the one girl I saw randomly once and was like, "You're cute." Yeah, I also did this. Nice, hey, nice guys finish last. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways. Yeah, it crashes. Um, they're all dead except he finds one other surviving um, cryopod thing, and it's this little girl whose name is Namoy. It's a nun. Starts with a nun. What color, uh, Nancy? I'll bring it up here, Nancy. Um, but the the thing with his character is that he's got a family back home. Um, and the reason he was doing this job in the first place is because his daughter's sick and needed some kind of treatment stuff that he had to pay for with his big job. Um. Which was kind of distressing. Good to know they still had capitalism that's 65 exactly was, million that's years exactly ago. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was going to say the same thing. Like, immediately when he's talking about, like, I got to do this big job to make the money, I was like, oh, great. Glad to know they have, like, yeah, late stage capitalism and uh, this advanced yeah. alien civilization that's 65 million years old. Cool. Yeah, literally had to be like, <laughs> well, I have to I have to take a dangerous job to pay for if my daughter can live. I have to, like, destroy my body and my relationship to her to do this. This just says Koa, so... Oh, wait, maybe it was Koa. Maybe she says, I don't remember. She speaks a different... The whole thing is that she doesn't speak, quote-unquote, English. I, yeah, I don't know what he's speaking. Basic. We'll call it basic. Yeah, we'll call it basic. At least Star Wars terms. Yeah, of course. He didn't speak basic. She speaks some other language from the Northern Territories or something. And her and he's like, I can't talk to her. So he just kind of says words, and she repeats them back to him sometimes. He goes, she gets the gist. They get a rough understanding going. Yeah. Um, But the twists or will sort of... One of the twists, I guess, whatever. But this is this is kind of revealed pretty early on, where I was kind of surprised. I guess, I don't know, I guess I should have seen it coming. Did you see it coming? That his daughter was dead? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't necessarily see it coming. I At first, I was just like, oh, he's got to get back to his daughter. I hope I hope Adam Driver makes it so he can save his daughter there. I was literally, I was literally having thoughts. I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll still get his money so he can pay for his daughter's cancer or whatever. But, um, space future cancer. Yeah, the twist or whatever, and this, but it's again, it's revealed a little too early, almost. I think where it kind of takes away what the potential gravity of it. It's revealed that his daughter um, has. I, we don't ever get a specific timeline on this, but mm-hmm. it seems like his daughter's likely been dead for some time. That the job that we're seeing him on is not actually that job that he took to try to save her. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a different one later on because she she died while he was gone on that one. Right, right. His I thought he was coming age. coming back from the job. He said it, take, it was going to take him two years. Okay. Round trip. So I was thinking, like, he did it and he was oh. coming back. Whichever. Yeah. I, I guess, mean, but he was. I don't know. I guess I don't it's know. It's not super clear. So I, I think I, it, either either one can work. It seems that either way, she has she has died while he's been away, which does go to explain the scene that happens early on where he um 
it, it was right after they've crashed and he sent out a stress signal, but then he deletes it. And instead of sending one that asks for help, he sends one that's just like, hey, don't bother. Yeah, don't. And then he's going to go kill himself outside. And I'm like, why is he going to? I'm like, he's got a daughter to take care of Adam Driver. So I guess that should have been a pretty prime indicator mm-hmm. that he doesn't. Um, but then, uh, you know, obviously, of course, then because the this girl, her parents died in the crash and he also doesn't have a daughter, they get to. You know, he gets, like, a new daughter or whatever, which... Yeah, it's like, oh, finally, I want to replace my other one. <laughs> a lot of that going around. Yeah, right? <laughs> a lot of that. A lot of just disgruntled men with gun leading daughter he doesn't really get. Surrogate daughter who has to teach Classic the way of the stuff. world. So, um, and, but then that's about... So they have to get to an escape pod, right? Mm. They have, like, a this escape craft, which is seemingly a, a fully-fledged space vessel in its own right. Yeah. Um, but it's separate. It's in the other half of their ship, which is some distance away, so... The, the bulk of the movie is them having to hike to it and encounter spooky dinosaurs along the way. Yeah, and the whole time in the backdrop, the asteroid's going to hit. How could I forget? Ooh, yeah. I was like... The uh, the the one, of course. The asteroid <laughs> yeah. is coming to hit. Because uh, that's that's kinda, that's why he's crashing. He runs into an unexpected asteroid field, and he's like, oh, this one. Also, I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, this is future space society. Why doesn't their ship... A- be like, oh, asteroids, let's fly away. But, like, nope, right through it. Yeah, it's it's unclear what kind of thing they're dealing with here. I mean, it, I think the answer is that they didn't think about it too, too hard. Because right? the movie has to happen. It's just like, because, I mean, this doesn't really feel alien. It just feels like a future space-faring humanity, right? Yeah. But, again, we're told repeatedly it's not humanity. This is something else. But it all just kind of looks and acts like the way we would build spaceships. It doesn't actually feel truly alien. alien. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like why even just down to like cryo and they call it cryo. I, I guess that that's one of those conceits where it's just like for the prop, you know, the purposes of movie, you have to suspend your disbelief to like, okay, assume he's not actually speaking English. Mm, he's speaking his own yeah, language. Whatever that would be. So I guess there's weird stuff like that, but yeah, a lot of it just kind of seems like, Oh, this is just how we would do things, I guess. But again, yeah, it's not super clear what they, they do and don't have. Yeah. I was kind of surprised in the very opening scene there when the asteroids start pinging off their ship that it just is contacting the ship. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I bet they have shields. But they didn't have shields. And it's like bouncing right off. It's bouncing on it. And yeah, he just flies through a fucking asteroid belt. So yeah, I, it's kind of weird. Yeah. You know? Also a little weird. I mean, we could pick apart all the weird things that happen. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's when he crashes and all the think that fly out immediately but then he happens to crash in the swamp and they're all there yeah i don't know man i kind of thought the implication at first was um maybe that there was well no it kind of seems like the implication is that there's dinosaurs out there that are like getting at them right yeah like maybe ripping them all from their pods but we don't really see that and then the, the dinosaur that's out there swimming around in the water doesn't do anything it never does anything i thought it was gonna do something yeah so what was the point yeah i don't know yeah why do know. any of that i don't know why you do any of that uh, for a while, this movie will not show you the face of a dinosaur. It's very like, what is it? It's like, well, I know what it is. What do you? What do you, you can't. It's not Freddy Krueger. It's not Jason. Vo- like, it's a dinosaur. It's a. It's a dinosaur in a movie, so it has to be a indestructible, hyper-violent killing machine. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they would go a little away from that for this movie. Wrong movie. To and they hold. wouldn't just do the like Jurassic Park thing where it's yeah, it's basically like a. I don't even know like a fucking kaiju. Yeah. Every single one of them is just like tearing through metal and shit with their... I was really hoping they wouldn't do that and we do get a scene towards the end where you have a dinosaur that's just like tearing through metal and shit with its claws and I'm just like, all right. Um, something I want to talk to you about, Jack. Mm. 
because I mean, there's really we've really covered most of it at this point. <laughs> there's not much to this one. Yeah. Um. So the dinosaurs specifically, did you did we recognize a lot of these? Um. Are they real or what? Uh, the ones that I think you're thinking of that are like humans in dinosaur costumes crawling on the ground. I don't know if those are real. Those are yeah. There's ones that are weird, like. Yeah, they they they're a shape that I don't associate with dinosaurs. At least you know. Yeah. The ones that are in like Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. I, it doesn't look like any I would recognize. Uh, the there's like a T Rex kind there's of. There's one, one that seems to be a T Rex. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's the other question is based on this time frame. So the last era that we had dinosaurs in, right? That's the is that Cretaceous? Yes, it's the Cretaceous. So there should be T Rexes. Yes. Right. They yeah. were around at mm-hmm. the very end. Okay. What about those little ones? It seems like in the very beginning he fights one. The very like the first one he encounters. That seems to me like a velociraptor, it's, right? Yeah, like it's, an actual velociraptor. Yeah, yeah, like an accurate one. I or some kind of raptor. It's mm. it's irrelevant, really. Because the, the other thing I was trying to figure out is I wonder if we could if they it would depend if they did their homework on this, right? Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they were accurate to it. If you could surmise where this takes place geographically, right? Because right, not yeah. all not all dinosaurs lived all across the planet, right, of, of course, course, just like everything. So if they had T Rexes there and Velociraptors, is that a like? Did we have Velociraptors in North America? I don't think we did, but I don't, we didn't have T Rexes either, did we? Uh, did we? I no, have no I, fucking clue. I think we actually. have some of them. Well, it's it's hard because it's all super. Well, no, it's actually no. It's Cretaceous, so it's not the supercontinent. I was anymore. gonna say because I was thinking about that. I was like, is this like a Pangaea thing? But I thought we had continental drift no, no. by then. Yeah, the continental drift had taken effect by then in the Cretaceous. It's Man. not. We're not quite the same. But what a time. Do you think they thought as hard about this at all? Or oh, I don't know. That's just us. I, I tried to look up. Doing? Are the dinosaurs in in sixty five real? But not. I'm not getting what I want. I'm just getting like dinosaurs are real. Oh, that is it is. It's one of those things where like sixty five is such a generic name. Yeah. Right. Let's see. Can you just do? Oh, here we go. The ob- the Sasonian wrote an article I'm reading. The ob- the obligatory presence of T Rex 65 indicates the story unfolds in what is now Western North America. Oh, one of so the they are area- in North America. One of the areas in the Cretaceous that we've come to know quite well. Oh, it would have to be because that's. I guess they can see the meteor. No, it's from the planet. Never mind. Uh, it seems. Yes, I'm trying to see. Oh, it seems. I guess when they fly up into space, you can kind of see when the meteor hits. Yeah. It's what, do we know where that hit? It's the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico. Oh, is it really? Yeah, that's where it hit. Oh, fascinating. Uh, this is the small dinosaur, like the Archaeoraptor. So that's, that's probably, what it is. Okay, Archaeoraptor. Okay, sure. Uh, there. Are, let's see if I can find the the weird monster. It looked like the one they pulled out of the tar pit. Was that a Ankylosaurus? I couldn't. I thought it was, but like it's a baby. Its head looked like a T Rex. But I think no, it was based it on like, its back. No, it didn't look like a T Rex, did it? A vague. It had small little arms and like a vague head. But the back. I think you're talking about its back. Yeah, it, and it, it looked, looked like, like it had a tail. That's what I thought. I thought it was Ankylosaurus first. I was like, then it gets eaten horribly. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh Jesus! And that's the only herbivore we see. We don't see any others. They all like go home. Well, yeah, because we don't see. Again, we see. I'm showing my my ignorance here. I guess I don't know where what would be living there, and then what would be living in that time. Right. Like, do we get the big ones, Brachiosaurus? Do they cohabitate with T Rexes? I thought I they did, right? Because didn't they fight or did they not? I don't think so. I think Triceratops. Triceratops should is, have been around. Yeah, right? Triceratops and T Rex we know are like the same. They fought, and they you know? actually, yeah, would have fought each other over mm, whatever. We, we have evidence of that for sure. That would have been cool to put a Triceratops in. This. Have a Triceratops fight? Yeah, I don't know. What's the one he fights in a cave? Uh, I think that's an. It looks like an Oviraptor, or no? It, it's some kind of bird beaked one. I. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the Brachiosaurus is late Jurassic to early Cretaceous, so probably not. Well, it's probably it's not early Cretaceous, might have fought T-Rex, but... What would it, it, 
the Brachiosaurus. It wouldn't have been in the movie. Was that the big long neck one? The big one, yeah. The huge right. ginormous one. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been. Okay. I couldn't find a list of all the dinosaurs, but I Good think enough. it was like a some bird thing. I don't know. Yeah, but there was those weird ones. That, like they had like they they were running around on all fours, but they had long limbs and like they had they had they had really long back limbs, hind limbs, but really short forelimbs. But and, they were still crawling around on all and fours. And they had short faces. And then what, what was the one at the very end? Like the very last one. That's like a big one. It was. It looked kind of like that, but it was big. I don't know. I thought that was a T Rex at first, but and then you see it, right? and it's yeah. like cr- I don't it's know. Like crawling on all I, hey, very weird ones. So I feel like they just made those up to Did be they just scary. Make them up, you think? I think they made those up to be scary. How do you feel about that, Jack? Um, it's resident science boy. I'm not a huge fan. Just I mean, dinosaurs are cool enough. You just use them. It seems really unnecessary, especially given that the premise is not any kind of the the dinosaur side of it. There's no sci-fi mumbo jumbo going on there at all. It's just they arrive on Earth and these are dinosaurs as. Yeah. They it's, were. It's as if this movie took place like in more modern times and it was just like and we're in the Ice Age and there's a saber tooth tiger. You don't have to make it a saber tooth tiger with a gun for a hand. It can just be a big tiger. Mm-hmm. And like it would have even been cool if they decided to go the route of like making them, you know, trying to apply some of the more modern um you know, knowledge on mm-hmm. them. Like the more accurate like, oh, maybe they had feathers and stuff. Like, oh, that yeah. would have been cool. Yeah, I was I was hoping they would, but Oh, no such luck. No, they just were pretty much Jurassic Parkified, basically. I thought it was pretty ridiculous at the end when he kills those two T-Rexes. I'm like, oh, one of those was the one from the cave before. And then that one from the cave shows up, and I'm like, three? Come on. Really? Then he outruns it at the end, but then the little girl catches up to both of them to stab it in the eye. But then he stabbed in the eye. So why'd he cover with the poison? Yeah, like, those berries... He's got the little scanner thing, and it says they're not... Basically, I mean, we, he doesn't exactly say, but... Well, he says not to eat them. So it seems as if that thing tests them and deems them not, you know... Suitable for Suitable for their consumption. But does that translate to being like a... Yeah, like a bloodborne poison? Not really. Not necessarily, yeah. like, There's lots of shit that I could can't eat. That if you just stab me with it, I'd be like, well, that's... It wouldn't poison you like that. I mean, because that seems like what she's trying to... I mean, and I suppose you could, like... Chalk it up to like, well, she as a character wouldn't know that mm-hmm. she's because a little she's girl. a little kid, so she just thinks, well, not eat is the same as whatever. But I mean, it seems to imply that it works pretty well, given that it kills. I mean, I guess maybe the big tooth thing in its eye would have killed it anyway. Right to the brain, I think. Like a lot of, hey, I've tried it. Stabs in the eye, very easy. I don't know. Good on her though. I mean, she gets it all the way in there. I guess that's the least. That's the more far fetched part is that like she has the strength to ram it all the way mm-hmm. into its face. Whatever. Um, anything else? Uh, it's just a. F- what do you rank this? What do you rate this movie out of ten? God, I don't know. So like, I, I again, I'm in. I'm. I struggle to like be too hard on it because it's just to, again, it's exactly what it is. I didn't expect much more out of this. I wouldn't even necessarily say it was bad because I don't even know what I would point to to be like that. You know, fell below my expectations, but it also didn't. You know, far exceed my expectations. Yeah. Right? It oh. really is just exactly what you you kind of expect. Which like, was a little disappointing. It's like oh, yeah, you, perhaps a little. You didn't bit, have any again, tricks for me. Again, I can't really actually complete. Like hmm. yeah, that I it, it was slightly disappointing so far as like yeah, it didn't you know exceed my expectations or really really impress me. But again, I also am just like well, but that's kind of exactly what it mm. set out to be. I think so. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know how you rate that. Like overall, I guess I'm pretty pretty fine with it. Like pretty neutral. I'd to, probably just give it a five positive. Yeah, like just Maybe really a four kind and a half. If I was feeling a little grouchy, but again, I don't want to. I, I don't actually think it did anything wrong. Like mm-hmm. I still think it's a better movie than say like 
like some of the bad movies we've seen like yeah. we just talked about before. Like Amsterdam. We didn't talk about Amsterdam. Amsterdam is a bad movie. Better than Amsterdam. <laughs> sure. Better did than we say, did we talk about... Don't worry, don't worry, darling. Uh, uh, Venom 2. Oh, yeah. Venom 2. Is that 2. before the show or on the... That, that, was, that was on, that okay. was on here. Incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm so it's better together. than Venom 2, you oh, know? Fuck yeah. Fuck. And you know what? Venom 1. And probably <laughs> Venom 3 when they make that bullshit. So, I hate yeah, I, Venom. If you like Venom, don't let me know. Don't tell me about it. But yeah, it's, it's probably just fine. Like it's nothing. Hope it's a sequel. 64 million. 64 million. countdown. But it's just... Why was it so far in the future? I guess so we have dinosaurs, but I don't know. Because you just go to Dinosaur Planet. Like, it could just... I really feel like they didn't... Yeah, I I thought they would do more with the whole... Because when we first saw the trailer and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I assumed it was going to be, like, a time travel scenario of some kind. Right. Like a wormhole, a vortex of something that brought him to the past. But, no, again, it's the marketing and the movie itself and so far are very consistent on the idea that this is... The past. It truly is just the past of Earth. Mm. This is just a separate spacefaring alien civilization that, again, they just happen to look exactly like humans. And they don't really elaborate on any of that stuff. And I kind of thought that was maybe a missed opportunity. It really just feels like they wanted... It's just... it's The whole thing's kind of paper thin, right? Yeah. In terms of... It's, it's pretty much just the premise. And they kind of did the least work possible to... Arrive at that premise. Arrive to that conclusion. Be like, yeah, this is what would happen, maybe, kind of. It's just the past, don't worry about it, right? Yeah. It's just, a, yeah, again, it's just space, but, and, it, and again, it's it's spacefaring civilization, but it's the past, and don't who cares? So, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, upon hearing all that, that like, oh, Adam Driver's playing an alien in this. I wonder if that'll factor in. Um, I was pretty surprised that they actually did the asteroid thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do we joke about that? I don't know. I feel like I've definitely heard people make make jokes about that. Haha, ha, Like, what if they do that? But then they actually just did it. it so, it was a, I mean, you gotta give them. Yeah. I guess you gotta give them credit where it's due. It at the very least. But I like it. Like all this vague sci-fi shenaniganry. It was like, oh, uh, here's a little thing that shows me the distances. Yeah, and- I was gonna say I did actually kind of like that. Um, that some of that did feel very pulpy and sci-fi in in the way that a lot of sci-fi gadgets and things and movies kind of do, which is just like I think that's just a more convoluted complicated sometimes just worse version of a thing we already have but it just looks cool and so you're like sci-fi right like i think i think as humans we don't want to address the idea that maybe there's some things that we've already um just perfected yeah just got it down to a science (laughs) and we don't need like you know what i kept thinking about what was his water bottle thing oh that like with just this weird like rectangular cube of a thing with this weird lid that like pivots open Um, and it seems like it probably filters the water maybe no, I, I think it's it's the same thing. He puts the berries in. It's just to yeah, tell so him if he can eat it. Maybe I I I don't know. Regardless, mm. just as a container, as a vessel for drinking water out of, it seems kind of goofy. Yeah. And I'm just like, I think that's just worse than a water bottle that we have now. Like you, I think we've kind of uh, cracked the code. I don't I don't know if there's really much improvement to be made upon a, just a a water bottle. We made Nalgene's, right? What, what more could we ask? I really, for? really. So I was just like, but it's but it's fun in sci-fi because if he just had a water bottle, you'd just be like, why does he just have a water bottle? So you just gotta give him a weird sci-fi thing. What's that? There's a isn't that what's the word for that? There's that idea if you see something that's too familiar, it takes you out of it. It's the thing with the name Tiffany. Like how Tiffany was a name that's used in like medieval times, mm-hmm. but nobody calls any characters Tiffany because people aren't called Tiffany today. So if, if you were like watching some medieval thing like really? Tiffany, you'd be like, well, that's not realistic and get pulled out, even though it is technically accurate. Oh, I see what you're saying. Things are omitted because of that same idea where it's like we have you have a preconceived notion of what actually mm-hmm. life is like, even th- even if it's not true. 
it's kind of like the same thing where like sometimes in um you know things that are based on true stories and stuff mm-hmm. sometimes details are changed that actually make them less realistic but because it, you know the truth is sometimes so so far fetched that like it's less believable mm-hmm. yeah you would you like well that clearly they made that up cuz that would never actually happen truth is stranger than fiction and all that sometimes yeah yeah i don't know i wouldn't know what they you think it's like a word or is it like a phrase? I, I think it might. Give it a give it a quick Google. If give you it a Google. Try, well, it wouldn't be a show if we just didn't Google things. We could have Googled this all before we started, but we didn't. Well, you never know what you're going to arrive at, you know, in the moment. Tiffany thing? Why is that going to do anything for you? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I did enjoy all, all that prop stuff. I liked his gun, obviously. Um, I was surprised by how little he they left with supply-wise. Like, he had that cool suit, but then he just ditched that and was just wearing, like, a t-shirt for most... But it was, like, a space t-shirt, you know, to set. Yeah. It had weird designs on it and yeah, things, like so... like, a weird, like, square thing. Good stuff. Um, what else do you have? He had a whole little belt of, of gadgets. We didn't see much with it. He had a... His backpack thing seemed useless. Because <laughs> oh, it wasn't yeah. really a pack. It was just a weird frame that, like, a f- only a couple items attached to. And I was like, you couldn't... I mean, I guess it was a pretty short walk, all things considered. They didn't need that much supplies, but still... That's called the Tiffany problem. Oh, literally? Oh. Yeah. The phrase the comes from the name Tiffan, Tiffany and Tiffania commonly given to uh, to girls born on or close to the Feast of the Epiphany. Okay. Huh. I guess I never knew that. I once knew a girl named Epiphany. Where's, uh, what else is... No. Do you have anything else? I just, no, I just, that was really a fun <laughs> find the way. But that's the idea, is that it's yeah. a it's a problem with, I'll, like... I'll, I'll just, you know what, we can just, I forgot we can edit this show, so I'll take a little bit longer and... Give our listeners a quality <laughs> piece of entertainment. Uh, it's, uh, it's when someone is writing historical fiction, does something that is well-researched and accurate, but the reader doesn't buy it because of their pe- perception of the past. And that's basically the idea. Oh, yeah. There's like, um, I, there's other examples of this. Like some of the stuff they had in like Roman times and shit is, is more... Oh, it was it was in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. In Gladiator. um, Apparently the Gladiators would literally have like sponsors, like we would think of those like modern day sports endorsements, right? Where like yeah. certain gladish would have like olive oil sponsors or whatever the and wine. bread. Yeah, I don't know what they had in nature, but you get it, right? Yeah. You get the idea. A subway. Like literally, I think it was like literally olive oil and stuff mm-hmm. um, where it'd be like, you know, you know, Hephaestus, <laughs> the, the, the head smasher is sponsored by fucking Pointos's oil. <laughs> Come on down to fucking, I don't know. Augustus's Augustus oil. Street. <laughs> I don't know how, they, how we set things up no, in ancient Rome, no, but, but just go on. Colosseum will be. Hey, a big tell him, hey, you know, every, if uh, if Hephaestus smashes his thirteenth head this week, it's all half off oil all week <laughs> long. <laughs> like, and if um, the lion eats the Christian, <laughs> <laughs> the lion eats. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Ridley Scott was going to put it in the movie, and they he he eventually took it out because people didn't believe it. They're like, oh, okay, Ridley Scott, you're having a bit of fun here, giving him. Giving them sponsors like they're athletes, but no, they literally, they literally had athletes. Yeah, right. or literally had sponsors, so uh, stuff like that. The yeah. thing that it references here in this article I just found uh, is that like how like in Doctor, it references Doctor Who, but I'm sure a lot of things, probably like Bridgerton as well. Like, oh, it's so woke. There are all these non-white people around. It's just like a lot of. Here's the thing: once we got ships going, and once we had like big trade routes, people were going all over the place. It's true, yeah. especially in like very. Like modern cities, London, yeah, yeah. Paris, Met- actual metropolitan, yeah. thing, which is what those were. I-, I had a similar experience to this when I watched the movie Gangs in Gangs of New York. You familiar? Mm-hmm. When they have the um, those Chinese immigrants play, and then Bill Burgess says terrible things about them. <laughs> just of the, he just, says terrible things about everyone. <laughs> he's so. the worst. Uh, 
and he, he hates the 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 pope who he who sits in his pointy with the pointy hat in Rome. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, you learned something new tonight, listeners. So annoy all your friends with that new thing you learned. Yeah, but there's a couple sprinkled throughout there. We named some dinosaurs. You can always those are always great. Yeah, dinosaur great. names. Love those. Love those. And uh, the Tiffany problem. So a lot of learning, and we'll do more. Uh, anything else to say? No. <laughs> overall, um, so we. You asked me how we rated it, and I never actually answered. <laughs> ah, we'll get, we got back to know. it though. We always like meander. Yeah, we. Well, we're, we're so inconsistent about when we decide to rate things and not. I think or if what type of system. Keen-eared listeners will notice that we only decide to rate a movie when we don't have anything to say <laughs> about it. When we, that's actually that's probably yeah. <laughs> I'd never we'll thought go, of it in those terms. All right. Well, I guess we're out of things to say about 65. What do we think it's rating? Um, we don't read Marvel movies because there's no, shit to yeah. talk about. Like you said, it's re- it's really just kind of middle of the road. I would say I wouldn't drag it as hard as it seems to be getting. Because again, I, and I don't know if this is a fair defense, but it's just what I'm. It's just what's happening between my ears, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's ridiculous to say, "Hey, come on, goofy, you know, dinosaur movie is dinosaur movie. What else can you expect?" But that's really. That's just how I feel about it. Oh, here's a dinosaur for facts for kids website where they seem to have named them. Oh, okay. What do we got? Um, tes- uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Nice, um, nice. Of course. A Dramasaurus-like Utah Raptor. So maybe is that the one in the cave? Maybe. It was pretty big. Utah Raptors are pretty big, perhaps. Utah Raptors are like actual... They're the, they're they're the like ones... The ones from... They're like the Velociraptors from mm. Jurassic Park. Yeah, exactly. This says... Um, oh, God. Dianot. Or Velociraptor, so probably the little one. Possible prehistoric crocodilians like Dino Succus. <laughs> I don't know. I ha- I um, oh, I guess they could be. I, I guess I didn't know their limbs were like that because I know there was at one point like a bunch of different kinds of crocodilians, like not just mm-hmm. the ones that are like big yeah, logs. Yeah, yeah. There was like a galloping one and like a boar-like one. Galloping crocodilian, horrible. That just what really terrors beyond imagination. Good thing, it, like, good thing that probably the asteroid killed it or got hunted. Now we just have the regular terrifying ones. That yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Big bogs and logs. The ones that have remained unca- unchanged since millennia, since the K two extinction. Of course, incredible. The one we see in li- in real time. Um, pterosaurs, including Zungaripteris. Oh. Sungaripteris, maybe? Uh, and Quetzalcoatlus. I didn't notice a Quetzalcoatlus. I think the Quetzalcoatlus is the one that we only see its claws. Oh, Do you remember? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. They like it. I was like, oh, I want to see what that big one was. Because it definitely was a big one because it's eating all the small ones. Oh, this maybe this is the one they drag out of the terror. An unknown species resembling a hybrid of Ankylosaurus and T-Rex. Oh, so I guess we were both right. So I guess, yeah, basically... They're fucking the T Rex. Most of these were kind of nonsense. Yeah. Is what that's kind of reads like to me. Is a bunch of like it was either this one or this one. We can't tell because it's some weird ass big one. That we yeah, so like crawl around. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but like I said, I don't know. It seemed like it's getting really bad scores and stuff. Which I guess I well, yeah. Again, I don't know. I guess I'm not passionate very much either way. Is really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So if you really if you think it was pretty bad, I guess I won't really vehemently. I, we agree with it. you, and if you liked it, we also agree. Yeah, with you. I can't find it in me to vehemently defend it, but I also can't find it in me to hate it. Yeah, just can't hate. It. I'm not full of hate for it, and that's the worst thing you can be. The opposite of hate isn't love; it's apathy. That yes, that's or, what they say. Yeah. Indifference. Indifference. Uh, so we probably actually got that now. Yeah, I think so. Into let's do the bad batch. We do the bad batch last. We'll do it second. The baddest batch around. Oh yeah, and look at that! Two good episodes in a row. Oh, two real good episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, big. Fan. That's the thing about this show, isn't it? And this is what I thought watching this week's episode. I was like, man, what this when this show is good, it's like it's good, man. I want to watch it. I'm like, oh, I'm not on my <laughs> phone the whole time. It's like this is good. Wait, like when I have to listen to Echo, uh, not Echo, excuse me, Tech. Me- 
No, Omega being like, Omega. here's the lesson of this episode. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Intrigue. So, yeah, it's, um, and, and, and again, it continue the kind of vibe from last week, which is just, like, nice and, like, cinematic and, like, oh, you're actually, like, giving me something. Like, this is engaging. It's not just, like, ha-ha, we're doing a job for Sid. Um, so, this week, The Outpost is um very reminiscent to me of a season one episode of The Clone Wars called called Trespatch, Trespass, which I actually mentioned a few weeks back because it's the first appearance of Rio Chuchi, but mm-hmm. regardless. So, um, cross it's a crosshair episode again. That's what it is. God bless. Crosshair episode. So, crosshair rolls up. Well, not really. But we, we, we get to crosshair, and he's hanging out with all these, all the new Stormtrooper guys, but also he's still got a couple Clone Trooper buddies. And we get the Lieutenant, um, what's his face here? Uh... Didn't know blonde eyebrows. Yeah, Lieutenant guy. Dickhead, we'll call him. Yeah. Because that's mostly what he is. And he's like, all right, we got a mission for you. So they roll up to this planet where there's a couple of clones hanging out at this outpost, and they're protecting something. And they're like, hey, we thought you were going to help us, like, fucking a month ago. We're really falling apart here. And they're in like, a real bad way. Their gear is all going to shit. Most of them are dead. Yeah, there's only three of them left. And they're like, yeah, we kind of could have used some help, but uh, the Empire's kind of doesn't really care about us now, which... Who would have thought? Yeah. It's only been a recurring theme for two seasons yeah. now. And not just this show, everything. So, um, but this is, luckily, the first time that Crosshair really starts to uh, wake up to it, I guess. Mm. So we got Mayday is the is the other main clone with him this week. This this commander who's at this outpost. Oh, yeah. And um, they get attacked by raiders, and they steal the shit, and then this the Imperial Lieutenant guy gets mad at him, so he's like, well, you two got to do it go get it and they're like well can we bring like you know the men we have and he's like nope alone but you two yeah defend the base because that's really good really good use of your resources i guess mm. send two guys who will almost assuredly die on this mission yeah what was the you don't care about and then so they're sure. supposed to carry back the two crates are they the two big ass containers that'll work yeah dipshit the, through the snow dipshit so um clearly he just doesn't care i mean it's it's made very obvious by the end of it but mm. they go on this whole mission and they're kind of bonding and stuff and then they find it and they're like oh it's just gear but it wasn't even gear for us it was gear for these new guys because they the empire doesn't care about us clones mm. um and it's stuck in an avalanche right oh yeah they caught it and then made like dying he's like oh shit he's dying he's crosshair you know uncommon act of selflessness carries him all the way back because they reference that in the episode yes directly in the episode when they find that oh they find one of the raiders Raider guys who's been left behind by mm. his comrades Left for dead, and he's dead, and they're like, and and Mayday remarks on how like, oh, they left his friend behind, like that's uh, like not these guys suck, like they don't even have enough honor to do that. And Crosshair's like, well, who cares? He's dead, like, would you drag back a dead weight? And Mayday's like, jeez, the door remind me not to die around you, man. Yeah, and then he did, and but Crosshair was better for it. And he gets him back, and he's like, hey, can I have a doctor? And the guys like. Then Dickhead's like, no, thank you. I don't. I don't, don't want to ra- waste the medicine for this fucking clown. And so uh, Crosshair kind of snaps and shoots him right in the chest with, a, with his pistol, and then he, he collapses. Just kills him. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Liked it. Yeah, this is great episode. Like just character wise, which again is what they show excels at. Like, um, it's just really fleshing out and developing all these guys. And, and Crosshair in particular has been potentially the the single most interesting member of the whole Bad Batch, right? Mm-hmm. Despite it all, because he is on the other side, and he is so like at times his motives are so unknowable and we're like what is he what is going on in that brain of his are willfully nefarious yeah yeah so he's he's maybe the most interesting one of all of them Mm -hmm. and um that shows up here i think which is like we really get into his inner psyche and he something clearly changes in him with this week where he's like actually the empire does suck (laughs) oh yeah kind of miss all my my friends and um 
you know, it's been like, obviously, you know, all the stuff with the Bad Batch, but then the stuff this season where he's been completely separate from then, right? Mm. He hasn't interacted with the Batch at all. And we had the episode with Cody where he's like, oh, the Empire sucks. (laughs) But he was just like, oh, I guess I don't care. Right. But he kind of did care, didn't he? Mm, Now this week is clearly enough to fully be like, actually, what the hell? What am I doing here? Yeah, why why did I do this? And he he fully kind of, uh, yeah, like you said, he breaks. He is like a fucking Lieutenant Pyle moment where he just shoots shoots his commander. And then he wakes up in uh, in the installation there on Mount Tannis. So yeah. I don't I wonder what they're going to do with they do him. do horrible things to him, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I I guess the question is, like, whether they want him as, like, bait or whatever for the rest of the batch, or mm. if there's actually something in him that they find. Intriguing. Yeah, like, scientifically significant, which could be. I mean, he's, like, a mutant and whatever, so yeah. he's got that going on. But uh, Yeah, I think... I think they're probably using for something else, and then when the batch eventually gets to Mount Tannis, yeah, he'll be like, "Hey, fellas!" And they'll rescue him. They'll go to rescue him, and Remember he'll get to me? come back. Yeah, I think so too. I'm not a Nazi anymore. I promise. Guys, I, I changed my mind. I know. You guys were right the whole time. <laughs> these guys suck. It's crazy. Anyway. I don't know if you. I don't know if you knew, but these guys are like the worst. Come be on, like, bring me with actually, you. Yeah, I tried to tell you there was a. I knew there was. There's an eighteen point four percent chance you'd return to us. You'd be like, "Tech, I, all right." We already lost Echo, so we're kind of kind of. I didn't like let, Echo. Going was... down, so you can bring you back on board. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like before. Yeah, it's just like before. We got a little girl now. This little girl can't carry things. We need another <laughs> like full grown adult man to carry things. God bless that Omega. She's got a little bone. We need guns. If people can shoot guns, <laughs> and you're real good at that. So you're the come best on at in. it. Oh, it was good. Good stuff. I like the the bomb diffusing scene. That was fun. Yeah, it's classic. Classic scene from a war movie where it's like, all right, if we fiddle with this, if you, as long as you don't take your foot off, we can fuck with it. I thought the little, um, the little things he was gonna like nail to the ground were gonna stick out further so they like can push down on the plate. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's a Star Wars bomb. I don't know how it works. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, I don't even know if that's an accurate to real life minds either. If that's mm-hmm. just movie minds, because it seems like kind of a design flaw that like you could just lay something. Because the, the way it always goes in a movie is someone steps on a mine and then they realize. And then they just leave their foot on there, and then it's like, all right, now we can fiddle fuck around with it. And then, well, but it's like, is there not a lot of, surely you'd have mines that were just like, when they get stepped on, they, they just go, go off. off. Is yeah. there a lot of mines where it's just like, oh, if you step on it, but then you, if you step off it, that's when it goes off? Because, it, yeah, I don't know. It seems like those mines are only safe for the heroes of a story. But when, right. when like a, a mindless goon, they explode with the, if you're in a, a foot of it, they just blow, it goes off. Let me just tell you, when you're in a video game, right? You step on mines. They just go off when you step on them. Yeah. None of this nonsense. So that's all I know. If you know anything, it's mines. Um, but yeah, we're all really, really solid stuff. Again, it's, it's, you know, like the last Crosshair episode and the previous episode to this, it isn't super kiddie or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's, it's, this one's pretty full on. I mean, in oh, terms yeah. of like the subject matter it's addressing and yeah, just the direct stuff they show on screen. It's like, oh yeah, it's, it's all kind of grim and all the way through. It's like, that kill some raider guys, and then yeah, they get stuck in an avalanche, and then Mayday just dies. Like oh, he just dies right there on the ground, like a dog. There's uh nothing really super pleasant about this one. No, not nothing really to like hang our hats on. Be like, wow, what a what an uplifting episode of Star Wars. Again, the the best thing about it, is, I mean, the most uplifting part, I guess, is when he just shoots that imperial guy. And Very good. Shoots him dead. I was like, sick. I was like, he better shoot him. Like, get you his can't ass. just let him live. But again, that's kind of Crosshair's MO, right? For a while now, he's just been kind of a whipped dog about it all. Of like, mm. okay. I guess if I have to. And he'll, and he'll, he'll 
pipe up for a minute, be like, I don't actually, I disagree. I don't know if you guys are doing it the right way. And they're like, what'd you say, Crosshair? He's like, nothing. Nothing. I was just talking to myself. I was just talking to myself. Come on. Jeez. They're like, Crosshair. We not, own you. <laughs> you're out of uniform. You, you look too cool. It's chewing on your <laughs> toothpick like, there. And he's like, okay, sorry. Sorry, I put my helmet back on. Uh, it's all right. He's cool now. I like doing, um, not Havoc. What the fuck was the clone's name? I just, Mayday? Mayday. When he was talking shit to the lieutenant dickhead, he was like, how many missions did you lead up, huh? And he was like, that's what I thought. How'd you go do whatever the fuck you gotta do? This doesn't make any sense that he, as a lieutenant, is even above Mayday, who is a commander. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Other than just, they're just, like, shitty and racist and stuff, and it's like, well, I, you're a clone and I'm a real boy, so... <laughs> I'm a real boy. My <laughs> nose doesn't grow when I lie. I'm in charge, and it's like, why should you be? Like, everything we know... I mean, Star Wars uses made-up ranks and shit whenever it really suits them, but still, mm. even within Star Wars, Commander is above Lieutenant, but... What the fuck do whatever. we know? Whatever. Whatever. It's all right. He's dead now. So they're both dead now, really. Yeah, so it doesn't, so matter. It doesn't matter. They kill each other in Star Wars heaven? Well, he probably went to Star Wars hell. They both Not became one with the Force because you just become one with the Force. That's oh. what happens. I wish there was Force hell. All the Sith were like, oh my God, hell's real? The worst thing that can happen to a Sith is that they, in in trying to um, make themselves immortal, they like inadvertently tie themselves to, to the world. You can become like a ghost, but it's a different kind of ghost. It's like a just the dark side ones, like Darth Bane. Sure, yeah, Darth Bane kind of. He's like tied to a place. He's not because when you're a f- like a good force ghost, you, you are a ghost, but you don't you don't inhabit the world. We've talked about this. Yeah, you don't haunt. You don't anything. hang around long. You just temporarily manifest yourself to like chat with your friends. To yeah. be like, hey, Luke, Luke, it's me. Sorry about lying about your dad and shit. That's all right. Yeah, George didn't really think about writing a sequel. I have to tell you, Luke. That's your sister. Do not kiss her. Don't again, kiss please. her. I I I was running late, but <laughs> nothing bad happened. Oh God, Luke. Oh, oh no. I can tell by the look on your. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> oh, God, what have I done? He's but just... yeah, you, you. But like the the sometimes the Sith like trap themselves in like a object, and Ooh. then you're stuck there <laughs> just forever. Yeah, that's pretty fun. much. So, but yeah, there's no force hell. Is what I'm saying. Disappointing. Star Wars gone woke. <laughs> no force hell. But yeah, uh, really solid episode of the Bad Batch. We only got what are we? A handful left now. Well, it was twelve, so we only got like four left. 13, so 14, I feel like 16. they're gonna save him. I feel like the finale is gonna be like all revolving around Mount Tannis, right? That means they're, and they're gonna like, get crosshair, and I think he's gonna be like, "I'm on your team again, guys." I think I've. I think I'm back. I think I'm back. Actually, I'm you, thinking on you guys were kind of right the whole time. I don't want to be doing this anymore. It's it's really not fun. I'm really having a bad time. And then Cody will be there too. I bet. We'll be like, yeah, Cody, woo, woo. Or he'll die, and we'll find out why he's not around anymore. Crosshair will kill <laughs> he'll him. finally die. Finally. Finally. Ugh, that's enough just, of this just Cody won't film. kill him. You think probably Omega will be captured next episode then, so we can... Yeah, I don't know. Nice four-episode arc. I'm inclined to, like... I, it seems like it would be retreading um, t- season one territory if they had, like, someone grab her and, like, bring her back, mm-hmm. because that's what happened in season yeah, one. Just have Cad Bane do it again. Yeah, as they sent the Binaries to grab her and bring her back to Camino. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work out necessarily for them, but still, that's kind of the same thing. So I, I'm inclined to guess it's something more like this, where they like draw them all in, right, of their own volition, right? Because they're like, we've got your friend, we're gonna fucking kill him if you don't come in, and they'll be like, Crosshair, he's still one of us guys, and they'll be like, we have to save him. Like, oh my god, Crosshair is not one of the team any longer. He's a Nazi. I know I said in the cave, is th- he's on his own path. But that was really to placate you. <laughs> I don't think we should waste our time and risk. 
Capture. Oh, I don't like Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You get it. And then Hunter's Don't you voice. be like, guys, he's, one of, he's our family. I'm going to kill him by knife. He's all we've got left. He's the only one left. I don't know why she's British. In yeah. Hello, hello. Hello. She's kind of, she's like Australian. She's kind of, she's redneck well, British. She should be like New Zealand, I guess. But That's kind of Australia. That's like Guys, the, I'm Omega. At uh, the risk of alienating our New Zealand listeners, New Zealand is just redneck Australia, which in, in and of so. itself is just redneck Britain. So, as, as I understand it, as my as I've never been to any of those three places, I, I've heard of this thing that they had over there when it was still a penal colony, where like obviously you got sent to Australia to go to prison, but then if you're yeah. real bad, they had like these islands off where you get to send to a smaller island, and they had any, they had like the smallest islands where like you could get like three islands deep, where if wow. you were really bad, they just kept. Till you, till you ended up on this island where it was just like you, four other prisoners, and like a goat. And it was just like, I don't know, dickhead, survive. Fuck that goat. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> fucked that goat. But um, yeah, overall, solid episode. Glad to get another Crosshair episode. He's really, um, it's it's a quality over quantity approach for Crosshair this season. And oh, I, yeah. I can appreciate that for sure. Because he showed up quite a bit last season as just like, a, oh, I'm here and I'm going to try to fool you guys this week. And oh, drats, you got away again. But there's none of that this season, but it's just, mm. we just cut across there and it's like, oh God, it's a crushing episode about <laughs> the, the Empire. I think it's good because if we had too many episodes with him, it'd be like, Crosshair, how long is it going to take you to get the to get the hint here? I think you're right. I think that's probably part of it too. So we get a couple real powerful ones where we're like, okay, we can see this journey play out in real time. You know, presumably he's up to other things between them, but we don't kind of really worry about it. And yeah. Presumably it's a bunch of little things that all kind of build up until we get to, we see this on screen. We're finally like, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Continues, continues to be good. Again, a couple couple good weeks in a row of the Bad Batch, I think. I would have to agree. I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm having a quite good time. All right. So, with that, we can probably attack that into The Last of Us. Episode eight, seven? Eight. Eight. Title is, Oh Boy, We're Eating People. Reach to it. Um, oh, fuck, I got nothing. I don't know what it is. I've been pretty good about these ones. Even if you knew the episode title, me saying a stupid one, push it right out of your brain like it always is. Are you going to pull it up right now? Yeah, I'll bring it up. I know what the last one's called, actually. I knew what last week was was in advance. But, um, so, uh, we pick up where, well, more or less where we left off pretty, last Maybe like a day Well, after. no, actually, it's been a couple weeks, probably. So, I think it's been a few weeks. Oh, has it? I think so. I mean, it, it all depends. We can get to that in a little bit. Um, and it's some debate, it's up, it's, it's a matter of some debate. Um, even, even in the game, like before the show and everything, people would, would kind of debate about this. Like, how long is this supposed to be? Right. And, and it kind of all feeds into the larger discussion of like, how long is this, you know, the whole game, like how long is the whole story that is. Right. right yeah. But, uh, anyways, we, um, are more or less within the, the same kind of time frame where we left off with the, you know, obviously the present time, um, aspects of last week, which is. We got Joel, we got Ellie. Joel's still in a really bad way, and Ellie's doing her best to take care of him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we're in our basement. Um. He's been crudely sewn up or whatever, but uh, he's still pretty bad. So Ellie's got to fend for the two of them, right? Yeah. She's got to like try to clean his wound and feed him and make him drink water. And so she's got to get some food, basically, is how we start this off. Mm-hmm. You want to say it there, Jack? You got it? Oh, yes. Uh, episode eight, When We Are In Need. There it is. Um. So she's trying to get some food, and um, we also get obviously intercut with uh, this other group. So this is again one of the kind of ad- advantages of TV this medium yeah. as TV is that you know we obviously we this this a lot of this episode is pretty again quite direct from the game, mm. 
But, um, you know, we don't get these any of these scenes that don't have Ellie that take place back at their thing. Because uh, during the game, during this sequence, you, you play as Ellie the whole time. So, and again, the, the game never, like, does these cutaways, obviously, where you're like, oh, what's going on back at the base without me? So, you know, we get all these different perspectives and stuff, which are kind of fun. We see this other group and what they're up to. Um, and they're they're in a bad way. That's how we actually open, right? Is there, yeah. There's we got this guy. What's a What's his name? Uh, oh, David. David, yeah. Um, and he's doing the sermon. He's some kind of like preacher type dude, it seems, for them. And um, one of them has died, who which is this girl, whatever her name is, his her dad, right? Mm-hmm. And it's in a bad way. And um, that's that's basically where we we start off. And it's quite a few of them. It's it's quite a sizable little community they still have here who live in this little uh, ski resort. Yeah, as we come to learn, it was like a little vacation resort type scenario. Um, called Silver Lake. So we got da- our main players are David and James. Um, and James is pretty interesting, pre- pretty fun inclusion here. Um, so he's he is a character directly from the game. But, yeah. Um, in the show here, he is portrayed by uh Troy Baker, who is Joel in the yeah, game, right? He's he's the voice and and you know really just the the performer for Joel because again, The Last of Us they do the mocap mocap and everything anyways. So it's like he he does a lot of it. Like again, I I don't want to you know you don't want to undersell what they do there because he really. And cap, it's it's a full body performance and everything. He yeah, does, they're he, running around in that yeah, big space. I mean, they're out there acting as much as anyone. So probably more because in this show they get to look at things. You could argue, yeah, they're just on a green screen doing all that shit. Yeah, I mean, like I hope you're a little girl. And they're in weird little... suits, even they don't. They, like it's insane, actually, what they're able to pull like the off. Cameras in front of their faces oh, yeah. at track. Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, really cool inclusion. Um, that he he got to be in here playing a character just for the heck of it. You know why not? Yeah, bring him in. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, Ashley Johnson will show up in the show at some point. Yes. She will? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. You didn't, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, Was we'll, that aware? Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, she absolutely is. I won't spoil it, but. Perfect. Um. So, yeah. When we cut to them, she's she's having a good time. She's like, she takes a couple spills, Ellie does, right? But she gets one. She gets a deer. She gets a deer, which is interesting. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, there, there is a bit of hand wavy, I think, suspension of disbelief stuff in this episode in particular. Um, again, it's been some time, but like, she's clearly quite proficient with the gun now. How'd she do that without Joel, right? <laughs> like we yeah. saw her have one half, you know, half lesson basically. Yeah. We're, she did it a, once a week a, prior to this. Wrong. A couple of times. Then he just did it once. and was like, yeah, it's good enough for the lesson. But good enough. She takes out a deer. Um, and then she tracks it to, uh, the two of them who have also been out hunting and that this is where they meet. Right. Mm. So this is again, this whole kind of sequence basically right out of the game like it, it's it's remarkable how they've still managed to stick to that you know yeah gotta give credit what credit's do with this show it's one of the like real strong suits of it all um but so they, they enter into a little agreement here where she will trade summer all of the deer for antibiotics right which she obviously needs for joel yeah so they send james back and she holds david at gunpoint the whole time and they have a little chat um where we get into some of uh, some specifics about David and their little group and stuff, and then what he's got going on. Yeah, uh, he offers. They're sitting there on a fire in like a shelter. Uh, they're offering. He's like, "Hey, yeah, uh, you come join our group. You know, you're on your own. I'll help you out with your your buddy." Uh, and he just talks about how he became a preacher after the apocalypse. And they have a little talk about that. And he's like, "Yeah, it really happens for a reason." And it's revealed in this that his group are the Raiders that we met last episode at the college. Who and the person that Joel kills with that baseball with the baseball bat or no breaks his neck was that girl's father. Yes, that's the guy who's just died. Yeah, 
um, which is a classic thing we keep seeing a lot in this show. And again, because the show here g- gives us these other perspectives, um, more so than the game did sometimes, mm. we get a lot of this. And, and, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a it's an idea that's really central to the second part as well. Yeah. Is this idea that, like, yeah, to them, like, you know, obviously these were, like, raiders who were coming to kill them, so Joel killed them. But now, to them, they're like, hey, why'd you kill our friend, right? It's a thing that happens a lot in this show where, like, you start it, Joel finishes it, and now suddenly Joel's the bad guy. Right? Yeah. Which is like, such oh, a hard thing to We gotta of... get justice for this guy. Yeah, and it's tough, because can you really, like, can you really tell them they're wrong? Like, that is still their friend who died. Like, they're gonna want revenge, but also, obviously, for us as the audience, we're mostly on, you know... Joel's side. Joel and Ellie's side. It's like, well, they started it. Why can't Joel finish it, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially since we know Joel has a history of being a bad person and just killing innocent people to do what he thinks is right. So it's like we said, like, there are no good people left. Yeah, there are almost no good people left. But again, that, that it is kind of cut and dry of like, well, I'm not the bad guy because I didn't let you kill me with your baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> like, and even then, he still got me a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. He he almost gave as good as he got, so you know, hey, fair's fair. Let's yeah. uh, go our separate ways, but no, yeah, we can go, we can shake hands and make up and go our ways. And um, as we come to realize a little later here, uh, yeah, those they they were not there for good reasons either. I mean, again, they they did attack Joel unprovoked, so that was pretty obvious, I guess. But hmm. the specific reason is quite sinister, as it turns out. Oh, yeah. Um, but the so the religion stuff, I think I don't recall exactly, but I believe it's largely added for um. For the show here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, overall, they made Davy or Davy, <laughs> David here. I think I think way creepier. Even <laughs> really? really fucked up. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him very much. He's, he's. I mean, he's a good character and all, yeah. but he's ooh, he's a bit upsetting. Especially when uh, he snaps, because he's very in the in the beginning of this episode. Uh, he's very like nice, and then but even then, when he reveals to Ellie, like I know who you are, and I know more than I see. You're like, okay, this guy, he's smart. He's like he survived this long, of course, and he's the leader. Yeah, and yeah. as we know, if you if we've seen throughout the show, the leader of these groups are usually the mo- are super dangerous because they've survived the literal apocalypse and they've stayed in charge for mm-hmm. however long they've been in charge for. Um, and there's later on the episode where he snaps and he smacks the shit out of that little girl because she's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go get him tomorrow. It's gonna be fine." She's like. My dad's dead. Let's fucking hang, string him up. And he <laughs> yeah, yeah. smacks the shit out of her. He's like, "Don't you ever Don't say you question me." Everything he goes, "All right, let's pray. For, let's have. Let's eat. Rub a dub dub. Um, let's eat some grub or whatever." So, do you have any inkling about these these characters and what their deal might be before we get the reveal? Um, no, I I didn't really I didn't really think about it. Uh, I. F- yeah, I didn't. I didn't think of it. No, the, I don't think there's the like reveal. a ton of breadcrumbs or anything spread yeah. throughout. Looking back, you can kind of see it. Yeah, and I think that's what's interesting is because I knew that what these guys were about. Mm. So even just that very first scene when she's like, "Can we bury my dad?" and he's like, "Uh, we'll bury your dad in the spring." I was like, "Ooh, I think maybe I know what they're doing with her dad." I I did think that I was like, "But what are they gonna do with her dad? <laughs> he's gonna rot. There's nothing to bury in the spring. <laughs> bury him in the snow. No, just bury him in the snow. Who cares? It's, yeah, right. It's the apocalypse. Burn it. Do anything. Like, what do you burn his body?" Spring? What? You gonna wait till spring? I mean, just dig a hole in the snow. Who cares? <laughs> It'll be gone by spring. Well, no, it really would be hard to like dig an actual proper grave in the winter because yeah. the ground is like the dirt is frozen. Yeah, you know it is. But um, so she gets a penicillin. She gives it to him. Apparently, I, I read a whole thing about this. She administers it improperly here. Yeah, I figured. I guess I didn't. I guess I would have never known this, but um, penicillin is intramuscular. Mm. So 
Um, not intra, whatever a vein would be. <laughs> Intravenial? No, I don't think it is. Sure, that's not a word. Well, let's give her the. But um, it isn't into a vein, so she did that right at least. But she just kind of shoots it into his gut. I don't know, and especially it's a long needle. It feels like that would go all the way in almost. Like, does that almost get into his fucking chest cavity? It looks like, but apparently you want to do it into a big muscle, and it doesn't have to be near it, right? Yeah. So she wouldn't need to give him penicillin into his wound. She should have given him penicillin like into his into his thigh. Yeah, Yeah. like that's that's the best muscle for that, right? For intramuscular, just a big chunk of muscle. It's hard to miss. It's hard to fuck up, right? Like you got to get someone epipens and and like um. What a, it's called intravenous. Venous, okay. Injections. Sure. Injecting something directly into the bloodstream through a vein. There you go. Um, you know, look, you're learning so much, listeners. Incredible stuff. So, or like diabetes shots, whatever they call those. Fuck, I don't know, but insulin rips. You got to get the you, one of the emergency ones. It's all the thigh, yeah, upper th- like lower buttocks level area. So mm-hmm. apparently that's that would have been the best spot for it. But overall, it's plausible that that worked. Again, you just don't have to do it. But it, it's also one of those things where it's like, I sat there and was all critical of it, like, mm, actually, right? But I think most people are the opposite, right? Where you would watch it and be like, well, it makes sense that the thing goes into the vein, into the into the wound. Because that's where it is. Yeah, so. It's like a, one of those things where people are like, how does ibuprofen know where I'm sick? It's like, well, it doesn't. <laughs> it just. I remember having that it, thought as like a like a young child. Yeah, I've seen like. like how did they know? How did know? I've seen like fully. I mean, maybe they're doing a bit, but I doubt it. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's just like, it goes everywhere. It just goes everywhere. And then it just attacks. It just gets all the pain receptors. Yeah. It does everything. It's a fucking pill. What do you mean it knows? You <laughs> lunatic. What happened is now we get their little twist. I guess we haven't said it. So spoilers. So they're cannibals. Because yep. we, had, we had to get to cannibals eventually. Yeah. We did. Yep. Uh, the scene that just happened right before he smashed your little girl is they're making dinner. And this guy comes out of the back room with a big old tub of red meat. And the lady, the wife of the formerly deceased, was like, what's that? He goes, venison. And looking back, once the reveal happens, I go, oh, probably was, they're eating, so only green as people kind of thing. Because what happens here, the way this scene plays out, is that everyone is served their food. Mm -hmm. And then David and James roll up with the deer, and they're like, hey, we got a deer, guys. And then everyone is sitting here, like, looking at their full bowl of food. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just, what is (laughs) And I think almost everyone in that moment probably realizes. Yeah. Maybe. They, I mean, at least I did. I don't or know. Or at least Kevin, like, what's going on? They probably went, eh. It feels like the whole room goes silent, right? Like, mm. it gives them pause, I think. I think that's intentional. Because uh, none of them are like, oh, thank goodness we have more food. It's just like, wait, <laughs> how did... Hmm. It's like, guys, I can put real I can put real sugar in this. It's like, well, wait, if now you're getting the real stuff, what was? what am I eating? <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, the, the little girl's like, let's let's get this guy who killed my dad. Um, again, little girl, your dad was like a baseball wielding marauder, marauder. so and also I, I cannibal. I don't know how to feel about that guy, but I mean, they're all cannibals. I guess you can't really put that in. Also, they like attacked him first. Again, I just I can't I can't overstate that. You and your dad rolled up with like a they were a little band of marauders. They had like hatchets and baseball bats. They were there to do some pillaging. Yeah. Like I mean, it's hard to really feel too much sympathy for them. Yeah. I guess it's your dad. Again, especially when, when you really consider what they were probably going to do with anyone they might have found. And and especially Ellie. The horrible uh, unspeakable things they would have done to her. That almost happened to her in this episode. Uh, but So they do a little prayer and they're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for this delicious man. <laughs> thank you for making people so tasty. That's a title. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't settle thank for you. Thank you, Jesus, for this delicious man. <laughs> Good shit, Jack. Uh. Uh. 
so they do that, and they're like, we're going to go for him in the morning, right? <clears throat> Meanwhile, Joel and Ellie, um, still still carrying on. Joel is maybe getting better. She's giving him more of the fucking penicillin. They got their horse still. He's he's in a good way, which is good. Good, Like, a love a horse. And he'll be good for the rest of the episode. Uh, for all of time, I think. Yeah, he's, he's an invincible horse. <laughs> an immortal horse, it turns out. Oh, no, there's not many of those in this series. Let me tell you, Jack. Ooh, no. There's a couple horses that meet. Oh. Unfortunately. Um, but she's like, all right, we're having a good time. But then um, the dudes roll up and she notices them, right? Mm. And she's like, oh, geez, um, they're here to find us. Um, because, well, she didn't cover her tracks very well. For for all the resourcefulness she's managing this episode, um, that that escaped her, I guess. In, yeah. her, in her hurry to get the medicine back to Joel, she probably didn't do a good job, or any job, really, of... Diverting and covering yeah, the track. hiding or... herself. So, especially, as they say, in the snow, they find her pretty easily. Yeah, nice fresh snow. So they trace her back to this little neighborhood, and there's like a handful of them with, with guns, you know? Yeah, as you do. Bunch of scary-looking men with beards and guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gives Joel a big knife and is like, fucking kill anyone that finds you. And he's like, yeah, that'd be great. I um, I wondered in this scenario why she didn't... It was making me wonder again if I had misremembered and if they had their pistols or not. Because, again, it was a weird thing where they left Jackson, but they had him somehow, even though they mm-hmm. shouldn't... Whatever. Um, I don't know why she wouldn't have just given Joel his gun. That seems like a much more effective weapon for an infirm man yeah. with barely the strength to get up, right? Yeah. Like fighting knife fighting a man much harder than shooting him. Even when you're perfect, how that'd be harder to knife fight a man. Even if you got the jump, I, on that's him. how I feel. Yeah, <sighs> I wouldn't want. I would. Yeah, as a fully, uh, you know, healthy man, if you said I, you have to kill this person. Would you like this knife or this gun? It seems pretty obvious, but yeah. maybe it was a sound thing, right? Mm-hmm. It was a stealth scenario. You know, it's, it, we're in the stealth sequence of the game. You know how that goes. Yeah. If he had a gun, it would alert them, and he might not be able to recover in time. As we see, he becomes, uh, he goes Assassin's Creed mode. Yeah, he really does. But first, um, Ellie tries to make her escape. Again, right out of the uh, game. This is another one of those things where game to show, it, the theatrics of it had turned on a little bit because in the game, she like she's ducking and weaving. Between, there's like 30 of them there and she's, you know, horse dodging and weaving. And she She's, you know, gunning them down from the saddle and stuff. But mm. you tone it down a little bit for the show, which is basically she gets a couple blocks away and then, James just shoots the fucking horse and she goes flying. She goes down, which um, big rip to my boy. Yeah. He's a good horse. I don't remember his name, but uh, he's he's gone now. <laughs> oh yeah, and they take him back to you. They're like, guys, even more meat. He's up to that great, great big green pasture in the sky. I guess great big horse came right in the sky. I wonder what they were feeding the horse. Come to think, she of just it. feeds him snow. I was gonna talk about that. <laughs> she just puts snow in a bucket. That's go, no good. That's I, not even good for water because well, do people know this? You can't just eat snow because. You can't. Isn't it one of those things where, like, energy-wise, it's it's poor form? Because yeah, you have to melt the snow you with your body. You have to melt body. the snow with your body heat, which doesn't seem like much, but when you're in an actual intensive, like... Survival scenario. That starts to add up. Especially, yeah, especially in the cold. I think that's how it works, at least. Yeah, I think you, you can obviously drink the snow, but you have to let it melt. I thought that's what she was going to do, just leave the bucket in the garage mm-hmm. and let it melt. And she just kind of feeds him snow. And she was like, here's the snow. And the horse but no, like, surely a horse eats at least as much food as a, either of them. Probably Surely, more. right? Because it's yeah. a big animal. I didn't think of that. But big, strong horse. Were they carrying around feed with them? I mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe they don't eat the grass. Like the veg- I mean, it's winter. There's no vegetation. Can horses eat grass, though? Do horses actually graze on grass like that? Yeah, they graze. <laughs> they graze. They, they're known to graze. They're known to graze. I've grazed. I've grazed. But do they yearn? <laughs> I crave. But no, it's a big-ass animal. That's That's got to have more meat than any 
any two deer, right? Any I mean, any person for horses sure. Horses weigh like a fuck ton. Don't horses oh, yeah. weigh like half a ton at least? Sometimes and that big one like that carrying two people. Well, yeah, that was a big horse. Had to be not Ever. a strong boy. Well, so. Heifer's a cow, but you get the idea. <laughs> I mean, they had to drag that. I mean, not two of them, because they dragged that fucking horse. Yeah, he he's like what? He, he tells two of them to drag it. That sounds like a real shit detail. Probably two like, dudes dragging a horse through the snow. <laughs> oh my god! Would be like, God, why the fuck do we? Have to Let's do go this? get a sled or something. Good lord, what do I look like? It's only like a four mile walk. We can go know, there right? back in the day. And also, Good. they can just leave it. It's a horse. <laughs> it's a big frozen. Well, like, horse. I was like, are they gonna? I mean. The practical thing to be would be to butcher it, like yeah, right you would, there. like you do with a deer. Even when you kill it, you're not supposed to just start dragging it around necessarily. I mean, you can, but like you can, um, like you know, rudimentarily, you you gotta take its feet off, butcher it. You get rid of the shit you don't have any interest in at all. Makes Although they're they're pretty hungry, so they might be using every part of that kind of thing. Eating but then the you can hooves. you can quarter it up there. You, Cut hmm. it into more manageable chunks to carry around, but whatever. Uh, speaking of butchering, this is way off topic. I watched a uh, documentary <laughs> from the fifties, yeah, about these people is Afri- it's like uh, indigenous African tribe South Africa where they hunt a horse, hunt a horse, hunt a big giraffe, and they just butcher it. They hunt giraffe. Like they hunt. Yeah, it was. They hunt I like guess a- why not? Huh? Yeah, exactly. They like hunt it for several days, and it's weird because I'm like, well, that's a giraffe. It's a majestic creature, but they're like, look at all that meat on that giraffe. <laughs> so much. And it's very funny. Well, it's not funny, but they're throwing spears at it, and at one point, it just falls all the way backwards, and it feet go really high in the air, uh, and they like butcher it up into big strips. There's so much meat in that horse. Oh, uh, there's gotta be. And they cut its feet off. They're, like they're cutting the feet off to make it wow. lighter. Wow. And they, they track it for days, huh? That's yeah, how like, they say that we used to do it. Oh yeah, and they have like um like poison tip spears. Damn. So they really? like shoot it with poison. That like was... doesn't fuck with the meat. Interesting. Yeah, and they like. I guess they would know, but like. Yeah, they're. Yeah. Sound. I, I. I would be hesitant to that. To shoot an animal that I wanted to eat with poison. Yeah, that's right. Poison. You get used to the poison. No, I, you're probably right. It yeah. brings out the flavor in the meat. <laughs> the fear. They say they don't. They say that's what makes animals taste gamey. I don't know if that's a wives' tale, but like when you say like, "Oh, this deer tastes gamey," I don't like it because it doesn't taste like cow. It's because of the fear. Because yeah, all the fear things. Like literally, like probably like. Again, I don't know if it's a wife's tale, but like shit getting into the actual muscle, like adrenaline mm-hmm. and stuff. So I don't know. That's why I kill my deers in my in their sleep. Fascinating. How I, I guess I never even consider how heavy is a giraffe? Quite. Yeah, it's oh. at least like two horses heavy. I would imagine. I would imagine. <laughs> imagine, imagine if Troll and Ellie were riding that horse from that one part of the game. Because <laughs> it's it's got like heat. See, I guess I I wouldn't necessarily think of a neck as being good eating, right? But oh. on a giraffe, there's got to be more muscle in there than a normal animal. Oh, especially because they swing the neck around. It'll yeah, there's got to be all kinds. It's got a big there. body. Uh, a male's giraffe can weigh up to four thousand two hundred pounds. A female's can weigh two thousand six hundred pounds. So literally, if a horse is a ton, oh half a ton, that's four horses. If a horse is a whole ton. Yeah. Holy shit! It's a lot of horses. A whole ton of them. Good on them. But anyways, we'll do horse weight. No, one fifty to twenty two thousand. Yeah, about a female horse light. So. <laughs> they got a horse. They got um Ellie as well. Oh, they got her. So now they're like, all right, well, surely that fuckhead's around here somewhere. So go look for Joel. And they, they spread out and they look for Joel, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we get this sequence where whatever this dude's name is, he's going house to house. He's searching. He somehow is fucking, he's real detective over here. And he sees the so, well, what's this? The rough job she did of trying to hide the basement door. And he's like, oh, he's down there. And he is, of course. But um, so here's him coming. Yeah, Joel pulls like a real like horror villain kind of scenario where he just, when the in a flash is <laughs> com- from being comatose on his bed to like up in the corner knife pose in the shadows but that's all right good on him again this this is another thing where it's probably a bit of a suspension of disbelief yeah, artistic right? license i don't know though i'm not a doctor i don't know how fast antibiotics work again i think we're probably it 
probably works best if you assume it has been a few weeks of healing already, and mm-hmm. now he has some antibiotics to really push him over the edge. And it's been like a day that he yeah. So I know the they would kick in pretty quick. I mean, that's what they're there for, right? Mm-hmm. So I really don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know, but I'm all right with it, I guess. Yeah. And he's still he's not he's certainly not back to 100. Certainly yeah. not in this first Scrap. fight, and certainly not. I wouldn't say all episode. He never gets back to 100 at all. So he's still on the mend. But um, well, he's got. He's got motivation at the moment, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, he's driven by his drive to save his new daughter. So he knifes this guy, um, and then he takes care of the rest of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he kills one or two more of them, right? And there's a good bit of torture. And then gets two of them, gets two of them live. <laughs> um, and he's like, the one is like duct taped in, and he has one of the chairs, and he's just beating the shit out of him with his fist. This is another really solid, like, um, Joel moment. I said last week, right? Or a couple weeks ago now, actually. And definitely wasn't last week. But and apparently I, I said I literally said this it was one of my favorite lines in the game. And um listening to the Last of Us podcast, the actual one, Trey Baker also said it was one of his favorite lines and he's he said it. He Jack. said it, it was him. It was when Joel was like uh, when Ellie's like, How'd you know it was an ambush? And he's like, I've been on both sides. That's a hard Joel line. This is one of my favorite Joel sequences too, when he's got these two dudes. And I mean it's not under normal circumstances, right? This isn't a likable thing that he's doing. Oh it? no, he's doing a horrible thing. He's torturing these men. But I guess he's doing it for the right reasons. If such a he thing thinks could be. for the right reasons, I guess I think so too. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck these cannibals, bro. Come on. Yeah. How much sympathy you got for the cannibals, Jed? They, they brought five guys to kill an infirmed man and a and a little girl. And a little girl. You just so, did the two of them. Fuck you guys. You deserve what you. And if you can't beat up the infirmed, hey, we said it before, right? That's the whole point of this world. Yeah. It's Mike Makes Right up in here, right? Hmm. If you're going to try to come kill a dude and you can't even pull it off, even though he's all half dead, well, then that's on you, I yeah, guess. You better, you better be, if you're going to be about it, you got to be about exactly. it. Exactly. And again, we pull the same exact thing time and time again on this show where we get the bad guys in a, in a, suddenly the tables are turned, right? And the bad guys are no longer in a position of power. Now they're all begging and pleading. Yeah. Oh, don't. Please don't kill him. Oh, don't rip my fingernails off. Oh. Don't stab me in my kneecap and pop it out. <laughs> don't pop my kneecap off. Come on. It's don't like, bring I, up, what are you doing with that metal pipe, Joel? <laughs> careful with that pipe. Whoa, whoa, buddy. Careful with that pipe. What are you doing? You're scaring me. Someone could get hurt. And it's like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't have been a cannibal, I guess. Hmm. Um, But yeah, great sequence, I think. Um, yeah. It shows Joel at his most dangerous, which is a thing I, we will also see a similar, I think, side of him potentially coming up. But And, it, and I think this is like a, you know, it represents a, like a really interesting, like, um, sort of culmination of things for him, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a multi-section thing. It's not just one or the other because I don't think I think Joel always had this in him, right? Like we've we've seen that like the apocalypse made Joel like hard, right? Yeah, and dangerous and dangerous. But I also don't know that he could have done something like this. I think it's the combination of he's a person who's been hardened by twenty years of the apocalypse, but he's also now a person who has something to lose, something to lose again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the combination of things yeah. because I don't think pre-apocalypse Joel. Who had something to lose would have been able to pull this off, right? He was yeah. a, he was kind of hardcore. Like we saw him shoot the fucking old grandma or whatever. But I don't think he was at this level. No, not torturing a dude. And I'd also think that like beginning of the series here, when when we first set off, I don't think Joel was willing to do shit like that because it was just like who cares, right? Right. He, he was like a more bare bones, like well, I got to do what I got to do to survive kind of thing. But yeah. I don't know if he was been ready to do this. But it's it's the combination of all that. Like he's a badass motherfucker, and yeah, he's got something that he cares about again. And so that's when you get into, like, you know, torture <laughs> territory, I guess. Oh, yeah. Point of the map. Say what your friend says or I'm going to do something horrible to you. And it's, that's not a great line of his. Um, 
is at the end there when he's like, listen, I'll tell you where it is, man. And he's like, ah, it's okay. I believe him. <laughs> and I guess why wouldn't you, right? Yeah. I mean, why would they lie? You at got his point, kneecap, right? You got it, yeah. You beat the shit of him in a chair, and he's like, God, please, don't kill me. So he just kills them both. Pretty he's pretty hardcore, man. Um, Again, it's like, I mean, it's it's... That's rough. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's super likable, strictly speaking, but again, they are like horrible cannibal. And again, is it, I guess the torturing is the bad part, right? Yeah. Um, because it's like, well, they were going to kill him, so I guess you can't really say that. Again, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing about this whole world, this whole scenario in the universe is like, if we've arrived at a place where you can kill people, right? Freely and like the, the wild yeah, west. Then you can also get killed. I mean, that's the. That's yeah, the trade-off. That's the there. risk you take. Live by the sword, die by the sword. In a lot exactly. Of so these guys weren't about it, right? They uh, they didn't actually have that dog in them like Joel. So no. they tried to fuck around and they found they out. They found out. So that's the way it is. But again, it's 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 all the torture that takes it a step too far, perhaps. But um, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You know, oh, yeah. save your daughter from cannibals. Um, you got to lead pipe a man sometimes. Um, so meanwhile, Ellie's having a similar scenario, but flipped because she's the captive, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's not really cage. being tortured, though. Luckily, um, we got David, who's, who's uh, well, he gets real weird at, around this point. Um, yeah, he really goes off. This is when the cannibalism is revealed. The cannibalism is revealed, and also the other thing, <laughs> which is basically, and I, I, I believe this was slightly in the game, but I think they definitely dial it up for the show here. But where um, David seems to be like become like infatuated with Delhi on some yeah. level or like interested in her some strange warped perception of might yeah. makes right she's like nah you're like my equal you're hardcore you're violent you're scary and violent and you're not afraid like the rest of them so we can be to- together as like a partnership like a partnership he-, he would like her to be like his wife which is just like well, this is this just really came out of no left field I feel yeah. <laughs> personally I mean the cannibalism it's like alright but like what is what is this about child marriage in this yeah, economy right exactly uh, how is that gonna go over with like I mean I get you got these people wrapped around your finger but it's like you come out being like hey I'm gonna marry this little girl we found how do you all feel about that I don't I don't know that's gonna go over David yeah I feel like the people with other little girls would be like well why am I, why is my little girl good enough for you <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> we got it right here. That in combination with the people eating, they I feel like you might lose some supporters. Yeah, but what are they going to do? What do I know? Run away? I guess not. I guess they have a choice. Uh, I did like how Ellie was very quick to be like, you're cannibal. You're, you're, this is people. You're going to feed me a person right now. Or you're going to eat me and chop me in a little piece. He goes, yeah, no, not, we, we never. He doesn't really keep up. He's very like, all right, well, she got me. I don't care that much. Well, yep. Cat's out of the bag. As soon as she one. kicks the dish away, she's not like, well, why would you ruin that meat? She goes, all right, well, you kicked it away. That was my test. If you didn't <laughs> kick it away, I was never going to believe you. But yeah, they're they're eating people. Uh, so I think this is kind of a change from the show, or for the show, rather, mm-hmm. is that he makes it out at least like it's a relatively recent development. Like they've only just recently gotten desperate enough to do it. Oh, um, there's an ear. I didn't even see that last time. That's what... She noticed. That's how she realized. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. I must have missed that. Um, whereas, I think in the game, it, it's implied to be more, much more long-term. Like, this has been their, their gig for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we 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 hunt people down and we kill them and we eat them. them. Whereas in this one, it seems like it's more, again, yeah, more recent development um, where they've only gotten desperate enough. Or he could just be lying as well. You never know, right? Yeah. He's crazy enough. He's crazy enough. Um. But uh, yeah, this is this is when it really starts to break down. He's like, "Well, I guess fuck you." Um, well, not before he tries to again be real creepy and weird about it. But Ellie, um, basically, 
entertains it long enough for him to come on in with his fingies, and then she breaks one. Breaks one good, which is nice. It's a sick Ellie move. Um, and then he's like, "All right, we're gonna eat you now. I guess we'll just eat you." Hmm. So is that, is that our next? Yeah, he breaks it. So oh, Joel's yeah. making his way to her now that he knows where they're at. Hmm. Right. He's trudging through the snow and the storm and shit. He's having a rough go of it because he's all fucked up still. Yeah. <laughs> he really is having a bad go of things. Um, I saw in the after the episode thing, he's just like, this is this is real life Pedro Pascal just like running into like a big ass <laughs> wind machine. <laughs> One of those huge fans. Yeah. He, he described it as a fan that's the size of a house. <laughs> it's just blowing into him, like actually making it difficult to, to get forward. And mm. he's having a rough go, but it's all right. He's on his feet. Um, so he's going. He finds uh, the little storehouse where he finds his dead horse, yeah, and he and, finds all the bodies. And the bodies, which is, I don't know, there's a few here, right? So it yeah, makes me wonder if it's like, this is how many people they've just lost recently, or if it's... um Long term. Or if it's people, other people they've found. Oh, yeah, that's and, true. And like outsiders they've killed and eaten. Because right. you'd think, I mean... Even if you were cannibals, like that would be the logic, right? Mm-hmm. Surely we'd we'd eat other people before we eat our people, at least. Because right, that's kind of self defeating, right? So, uh, bad bad stuff, bad vibes all around. Um, so then they go to Butcher Alley, basically killing Butcher Alley, um, in like a classic cinematic enough fashion for her them to be like for her to have a chance to <laughs> like divert them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which again is another like oh, okay, this is this is this is the way you do it in a movie, I guess. Because on some level, are you not like, well, wouldn't they just shoot her in the head and then do it? Yeah, or knock her so out. So she's not all thrashing about? But yeah, make it hard well, to get a clean cut on the meat. Yeah, you'd think so. you think it'd be easier to just pop her one or whatever, do anything else. But she's like, I'm infected, and look at because I bit you, now you're infected too. And um, they're, they're hesitant on the whole thing, but it doesn't matter, right? Because it's just enough of a distraction she needs to uh, get the cleaver and whack James in the neck there, right? Yeah. Which makes sense. I remember thinking it was similar, you know, cool in the game. Because they're like, wait a minute, is this real or not? And I'm like, oh, is, it, is the deception going to work? But of course it doesn't matter. Because yeah, she's just going to seize on the moment's hesitation. Mm-hmm. That's all you That's need. That's all she needs, just the moment. So uh, Troy Baker goes down with one on the neck. Real quick. And now his watch is ended. Ah, <laughs> uh, That's all right. He had a good run. Tried his best. Uh, and then she sets fire to the steakhouse that they make all the people food in. Uh, and then he just, he's like, ah, I'll leave it. Who needs it? Yeah, uh, bad, poor move on his part. I don't know what the fuck he was saying. It goes up fast. It seemed like it goes up in seconds. That's all right. Yeah. It's all fu- you ever seen those? They showed it to me in school once, a video of like a house fire and how quickly your whole house catches on fire. Really? Yeah, I guess yeah, that's yeah. fair. A lot of things are Especially big. with curtains like that. That's a, that seems to be a big one in terms of spreading around. It's just like runs up the curtains and next thing you know, it's all, it's in the it's all gone to shit. I mean, this is obviously literally like seconds, but still. Yeah. Um, and this is when, it, yeah, he just he's fully masked off now. And just a real fucking creep of a man. Um, I, I didn't like. I didn't like it very much. <laughs> no, not I mean, I, you're not supposed to, right? He's he's real. He's really yeah. a bad dude. But um, well, he yeah. tries to sneak around him in like a little stealth thing, and then he tries to rape her. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just that's really all there is to it. Um, and then I can't remember. We're what, gonna call a spade a spade, right? Yeah, he's so weird. Which I don't. Again, I don't recall that being. I could just be misremembering, but I don't recall it being like that in the game. More so than just him wanting to eat her because he's a shit cannibal but like no he's he's so on crazy like pedophile vibes in this like sexual predator it you know it harkens back to like earlier when he's like i'm violent like you and you're like good good grief like that when you when you you know put everything together here you he paints a picture of being a pretty uh horrible man oh yeah <laughs> like, like a terrifying he, monster of a person used to be violent before the apocalypse and obviously you know 
knowing everything we know, it's like, oh, okay, so clearly this whole thing he had going here was just he liked being in charge and having yeah. the power and stuff and all that. And he's just real horrible. Um, but uh, she gets him basically. When, yeah, she hacks him and death. He stabs her, stabs him first, so he's already kind of like in a bad way. And then she gets access to his cleaver as she's trying, she's trying to rape her and just hacks him to death in a longer than I than I thought. Yeah, oh yeah. In um, and this is a, this is another little difference in the game. While she like is in the midst of hacking him apart, Joel gets to her and like takes you know pulls her off him and and stuff. Mm. Um, and that doesn't happen in this. She just fully plays it out until she's satisfied and then stumbles out um which i don't know i don't it's an interesting kind of change i don't know how the if there was like intention behind that or not but uh yeah she gets to fully get it all out no one no outside force stops her in the slightest um which is you know i think this is a pretty notable sequence for ellie character wise right Mm -hmm. um not that she's you know been shown to be particularly like meek exactly yeah great good word jack Uh, she's not been shown to be particularly meek or, or anything um in terms of all the you know, basically the world that they're living in thus far. But this is the, f- I think this is still an, another kind of step beyond anything she's done up until now, right? Mm, yeah, for basically. sure. Like, again, she, you know, she shot that kid and stuff, and she's just, you know, you got to do what you got to do type thing. And she's not particularly squeamish or um, averse to violence. Averse to what goes around goes on around her. But this is, yeah, obviously a next step. And, um, you know, what he was going to do to her was like, even even a bit fucked for everything else we've seen, mm, right? Absolutely. You know, it's like a, what you call, I guess it's like a euphemism, right, for the type of stuff that Dave was about to do to her that, like, you you robbed of your innocence, right? Mm, yeah. And uh, I think the sequence ends up with that regardless, right? It just became a matter of, like, was that something that was going to be done to her or something she was going to sort of do for herself, I feel, right? Yeah, yeah. And in this sense, you know, and the way it turns out is, like, she... Had the agency there, right? Mm-hmm. Like she, um, you know, obviously chose it for herself. But uh, I think some some amount of her innocence was probably still lost. Oh, absolutely. Regardless, very and by she, this act, and not even yeah, just his act and the almost getting like all of it. Yeah, all getting of it. captured, almost probably falling in the snow, almost being trapped apart and eaten. Like all that just kind of compounds on itself. To in the end here, when she stumbles out, like. Probably frazzled, super frazzled. More than frazzled is really that word. Just distraught and doesn't know where she is. Uh, she's covered in blood. She finds Joel and uh, she gets his coat. And they're like, "You're yeah, gonna be all right. We'll get you back." And you can tell in her face that she like kind of just stares off into the mm-hmm. middle distance. Uh, cause she can kind of like she can relax, but she doesn't know what to do because she doesn't. Yeah, she's something's, something's changed in her. Yeah. Um, and then they just they stumble away for now. So I don't know. Um. I feel like it's, again, this is one of the things that, like, in the game, I feel like you end up killing a lot more of them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Joel burns through them, and I think Ellie gets a few of them and stuff. Um, but this one, they don't really, they just get James and, well, obviously the guys who try to get Joel, and then James and um, David there. And it's interesting because, like, again, we do see how big of a community it is, and they still have women and children. Like, in the game, he says that, right? But yeah. you can kind of, you know, potentially assume that he's lying, right? Like, oh, we have women and children, we need this food. Right, but in this we obviously that they they really do they still have women and children and which like is elderly people yeah which is really kind of notable for most of the you know groups and communities we've seen right they mm-hmm. don't they don't have that because it is like harder and more trouble than it's worth or whatever right so it's a sign of like oh this is actually kind of a functioning group that's really trying to make it in like a you know certain kind of way but uh I don't know what they're gonna do now I guess I mean they don't have a gross like 
cannibal rapist for a leader now, so yeah, maybe they'll be better off. Maybe. They'll probably, or maybe not. I mean, maybe. They'll probably crumble. When we Again, this is kind of the recurring thing. It's like, yeah, he was awful, but maybe that's what you need, right? Mm-hmm. Without someone as strong and, and. Willing to do what needs to be done. As him, like, maybe they won't be as good off, so. Yeah, and then they'll probably, I mean. I assume will happen. I mean, if you to elaborate, they'll probably just be like, "Okay, the steakhouse is on fire. All the people who hunt are dead, and oh look, oh a barn with a horse, and there are bodies in here. So we've been eating people the whole time. Like they probably just fall apart there and oh, yeah. go crazy, move on, try to forget, or keep going. I yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's it for them. And we're 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 off. I guess we're on to the gonna try to continue now that I guess we're both they're both well enough to keep moving at least. Mm. But uh, yeah, and I think I I think the other thing is like we've talked about right throughout the season that Joel and Ellie are like similar in a lot of ways, right? I think do we do we, I think I touch on this. They definitely talk yeah. about it on the in the um show, yeah, the, their podcast. One of the most interesting things that they mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, is that Joel and Ellie are probably more similar than Joel and Sarah, yeah, right? In in like a fucked up way, as as you know, weird as it would be to say and everything. Like he probably has a better connection with her at, at, to a certain point than he would have with his daughter. Right. Yeah. Um, because they are just more similar and they, you know, they have that kind of understanding that she would have never got right. Like going back to the first episode, that whole thing where Sarah was horrified when Joel had to kill their neighbor and Ellie was like glad when they killed that, uh, Frederick. Yeah. When Joel killed the Frederick guy to save her, like it's that kind of d- distinction there. And, uh, I feel like we definitely see that again in this episode. Like I don't, I don't think Sarah would have made it through all this, right? No. I don't think she would have been willing or capable to do this. And if anything, I, I think you could make the argument that, like, you know, Ellie is, like, maybe in some ways, like, worse, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she's less sort of reserved or, like, calculating or, like, you know. Clever. Clever. with Like, in some ways, she is more emotional and just kind of, at times, like, I mean, when we see at the end here, like, not that it's not necessarily warranted or whatever, but, like, she's almost, like, savage by yeah. the end there, right? Where Joel, even when he is torturing those guys, it's not necessarily emotional. I don't know. It's very. It's kind it's, of right. It's and, a, It's driven by emotion, but he's very calculating. He does. He does what he needs to do to get what he wants. Yeah, exactly. he knows it works. Exactly. Yeah, great way to put it. Like, yeah, obviously he's doing it out of emotion, but he's also not in the moment very passionate about it. He's not. He's not. He, he didn't actually pop that guy's kneecap yeah, out. He's not which, even necessarily angry at them. Like he's just like, come on, I don't have time for this. Like, yeah, give me what I need. Yeah, even at the end there where he's like, oh, you know, yeah, like, oh, I, I believe him, so I'm just going to bash your head in with this now. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not, I'm not going to free you because you'll kill me. I'm not going to leave you here to die slowly. I'll just kill you. Yeah, exactly. So. Right here and now. I think I think that is maybe a distinction between them. And, you know, part of it could potentially be that, like, Joel, like, you know, underwent this change, like, when he was already a man grown, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he lived a whole life, and then the apocalypse happened, and he had to change. Um, whereas Ellie didn't have that. Like, she's still, you know, she is still developing and mm. being exposed to shit like that. So, like, who knows, like, how that's going to work, right? Yeah. And how that would affect you. Like, who, how much of this stuff is kind of innate to maybe the personality she would have had anyways? And w- how much, you know, change might have happened to her because she's, you know, being exposed to this shit, being on the road for, like, a Long, year with this yeah. man. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I, it, that really fascinating. Like, they're... they're Again, I mean, that's the core of this whole show is just the two of them, really, and they're as characters and, and the way they develop and stuff. So, but uh, it's obviously, yeah, it's kind of the whole thing is like their characterization is so deep and multifaceted and nuanced and stuff. It's it's great to see. They do a great job. 
Do we have two more episodes left or one more? One more. The oh, finale's boy. next week. Yeah. Really like a, only a couple days now. Oh, yeah. Are they wrapping up? Look for the light. It'll be tomorrow, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It'll From, definitely be the... Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the end of the first game, you mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, people are like... Some people are kind of iffy on that. I don't know. I think it should be fine. Again, if we look at like how... Where they kind of trim and, and, you know, okay, if we if we assume that this X, Y, or Z action sequence or whatnot is going to be pretty much trimmed down, I think it'll probably work just fine yeah. at the ratio they've been going. I think it's probably probably going to be a longer one too, right? Probably. Maybe like, it wasn't the first episode like an hour and a half? Yeah, so, so I would another hour surprise and a half me if, if they were somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the last chapter is, I would say, sh- one of the shorter ones in the whole game. The the only big thing is like you they have to do the important characters and like you know story stuff as well as um the big action the giraffe they better do that giraffe that's what I've been waiting on <laughs> that's when I said giraffe happens so let's go I think they'll probably fit in the giraffe they better as I I, the whole, I think I said this <laughs> at the beginning I was like I know there's a giraffe <laughs> I want to see it so we already mentioned a giraffe earlier in this ep- segment that's right it's got to show it worked up out, didn't it what a coincidence what a so coincidence. I, I think it'll be fine timeline wise I don't I. I got faith. I guess I'll just say that. Like they haven't, they haven't, they haven't bust it yet. Yeah, there's like, there's hardly been a misstep so far. So right. I can't imagine they're gonna keep it up. Like oh, watch well, the finale, right? Yeah, like, now, all right, now we'll stop. We'll stop trying so here. I think it'll be. I think it'll be fine. I think they got. They got plenty. Again, especially when you look at like a, a lot of the. There's a lot of instances where they condense it timeline. Where you're just like, yeah, time wise, and it works out fine. And and you know, in the transition to this new medium, you really don't need as much time because again, you're not playing out action sequences you're just showing them mm-hmm. so i i have faith i think it'll be good oh and there's also the other thing is like we do know there's a little bit of stuff not from the game that'll be in next week so i think that's was also was like wait if they have to do they have to finish up all the stuff from the game and they're adding stuff how's this gonna work but again i got faith we'll see it should be all right mm. um you got anything else to uh no i'm just excited to see John? the end and what a great show we say it every week oh yeah i think but well, it is. Yeah, HBO Max makes good things. They really do. Except for Westworld. They re- um, I... Well, I, I coughed. I had a cough. Oh, I, I do want to touch on that, actually, real quick. Let's touch on that. So, I um, do you remember at one point in the season, I was like, how do they do it, right? Like, what what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. somehow, yeah, all the HBO stuff is good, but, like, the creatives necessarily aren't the same across the board, right? Yeah. So, why is it that, like, yeah, Westworld and The Last of Us and Game of Thrones and... You know, they all succession. Yeah, they all seem to reach reach a certain level of quality, regardless of who's behind them. And I think it. Re- and I think I was like, I don't know. Is it just that like the actual like studio has money? HBO, the actual HBO like executives are really good at what they do, and it is apparently. So oh, listen right. to that that podcast through. There was a number of instances where um, the showrunner and the writer there, um, Druckmann and Mazin, Mazin, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, there's a couple things that we were gonna do. And then we got notes from the studio, and and they they named their um their producer in particular. I don't remember her name, but apparently she worked on she works on a lot of stuff. I think she she was a producer on Game of Thrones stuff as right, well. Right, right. And about how she was like she would have these notes sometimes that really proved to be like super helpful. Like uh, apparently in the first episode, they were initially gonna end it off basically right after the time skip. Mm-hmm. Like we were in a time skip twenty years in the future, and that's where it would end. Right, and yeah. they were like, "Yeah, no, that's not that's not enough to like actually hook people." And so they changed it, and I, I think that was likely for the best. Oh, absolutely. I'm not gonna be able to remember them all off the top of my head here, but um, there's just a, a number of instances throughout the season where it's like they wanted to do something, 
they got a little pushback and and they kind of agreed in retrospect that like oh yeah that was the correct choice they knew what they're doing so I think I think that really is a part of it is that they have really good uh executive executive producers who you know work for HBO who come in and be like actually how about this yeah not, how about this and that they're not too like we'll put the funny character in it and make him do it. But it's hard to under, you know, discount that, like, the, you know, they have the original writer who, you know, came up with this whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is his, this is very much his baby. Um, and then, you know, Craig Mazin is also, like, he was a big fan, which is not necessarily always the best thing. I don't, yeah, I think that, I think that is potentially, like. It, the Dave Filoni problem. It could be. It can, it can be its own thing, basically, we'll just say. But, mm-hmm. um. It also can certainly be good to have someone who cares about the source material and like appreciates it on, you know, Fun on its own level. terms, yeah. right? Not like, well, I like this thing and that thing, but what if I just did all this shit differently? Mm-hmm. Just I, different, uh, like a Zack Snyder, maybe. <laughs> Where it's like, well, I've read your comic, but I don't know that I care much for it. I think I could make it better if it was more like the things I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think that's about it, right? Last yeah. of Us is. Quality absolutely stuff. stellar stuff so big finale we'll probably go on in the finale for a while i think we'll have some hundred, thoughts I, mean, I think years. there's a lot to discuss in the finale let's just oh, say yeah. that absolutely she's already said bella ramsey has said uh she thinks it'll be divisive and Ooh, they're gonna go she's woke right. they're gonna go yeah they're gonna go woke they're gonna Damn really it. at the end it's joel's gonna come out as trans and no no <laughs> fuck no not divisive like that jack oh thank god all right, well, so we'll like attack out of that into The Mandalorian Season 3, episode, well, chapter 18. Sure. Uh, ooh, the water's so cold. <laughs> it's uh, called The Minds of Mandalore. That's close enough. Uh, so this episode, what'd you think of this one? Wild improvement. I was going to I mean, say, absolutely I figured, I, was, I, liked, I mean, I liked the last episode much more than you did, but I watched it and I was like, yeah, this is much better. <laughs> like a really making up for lost time. Like I, I can almost, I really can almost overlook most of the nonsense from last week because um, this really throws everything into order. The amount of ground they cover in this they one, clashed. I was so happy for it because basically coming off of last week, it seemed that we had set up like a four-step, like multi-episode thing to even get to Mandalore because it's like, oh, well, I need this part to fix this droid, then I can trade it in for this doohickey, and I, then that'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll use that to convert to my blah blah blah, and then I can go to Mandalore, and I was like. Fuck me! I can't believe we're doing. That's this. gonna take half the season. It's gonna take half the season to even get there, and and like I really was because where they left off in the book of Boba Fett, I was like season one of or episode one of season three, we should be going to the fucking mines, dude. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out yet. But episode two, episode two, we do. We he skipped all that bullshit. Yeah, he went to Pelimoto and he's like, I want this droid part. She's like, don't. Even She's work. like, skip all of that bullshit. You're not talking to the Bubble Freaks again. You're not. <laughs> rebuilding ig88 that's dumb just take this fella right here good old r5d4 the um least least reliable droid in the universe yeah, the biggest piece of shit famous for having a bad motivator yeah just <laughs> famous for self-destructing maybe intentionally because um want to do work r2d2 convinced him to do it or whatever yeah he's he's, a, he's like i gotta kill yourself i saw the force <laughs> and i'm i'm the chosen one sorry buddy. Some, something like that yeah. um but he's all right now and he's um he got better He's still a big Freddy cat, though. He doesn't actually want to do it. Um, I th- Did you think we were going to see Boba Fett? 
Uh, maybe a little bit. Because my first thought when he rolled, I was like, oh my god, we're at Maldes- Mos Espa? Are we going to see Boba Fett? Like, just a quick Boba Fett cameo already? Episode we, 2? I don't know if we didn't. I don't give it. You can stay away. It's probably a bit much at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's... Boba Fett's this show walks the line sometimes. Yeah, Bo- Din and Boba Fett, just kind of the same guy. This show walks the line sometimes in being gratuitous with its cameos and stuff. Mm-hmm. So if they were just like, hey, Boba Fett, they're at Din. I'm just here hanging out for a minute. How do you I'm think? the Daimyo of Tatooine. You know, like, show, I'm like, like, not the Shogun. I don't know why I wouldn't just be the Shogun, but, you know, Daimyo. Oh. There's a, there, in this hypothetical, Tatooine has a Shogun, the most powerful military force. I do think probably Mato had a fun joke where she was like, "You, what are you here for? The Tots, are the Huts back? <laughs> you, you hit a, you're going to go Boba Fett? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, I, I love, I think she's a great character. In the beginning, she's ripping off a, what's his name? Guido? A, a Rodian? <laughs> not Guido, that's not the word. Rodian, Greedo, not Guido. Uh, you can, can you'll forgive me, <laughs> listeners. I got those mixed up. Uh, um, yeah, she does her famous because she met her with the Jawa once. They're real tight. Yeah, her her and the Jawas are her tight. Yeah, they don't have a memory circuit. She's like, ah, I'll take you. Just take your fancy little ship. I'll put the droid in. It'll be great. I'll hold the kid the whole time. He's like, all right, I, I, I really just don't care. So let's get moving. So they so get, that's what they do right yeah. after the title credits. Or the title sequence, whatever. We're um, we're off, man. And they're celebrating like Bonkis Eve or Boonta Eve. Boonta Eve. Yeah, you don't remember Boonta Eve? No, my family's Jewish, <laughs> so we don't celebrate Boonta Eve. The um, <laughs> the pod race in episode one is the Boonta Eve classic. Wow. Yeah. So when they're celebrating. Okay. Boonta Eve, which is a, evidently a you know a holiday on Tatooine. I don't know what one would celebrate. Ooh, we still don't have water. <laughs> Ooh, this is a horrible helpline, and I hate it here. Maybe you you hope for like slightly better water harvest this year. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. maybe I the water. That's usually, that's usually what holidays were back in yeah. the day. Please you know? the gods, not not now with corporatism. Oh, please, please on this on this glorious Boonta Eve, don't let Jabba raise the water tax <laughs> again. Please, <laughs> I think there's Boonta Eve Krampus. Yeah, yeah probably. It's, not, it's just Jabba. He Jabba, comes Jabba will water. kill you. <laughs> Comes and steals your wife. Or sells your kids to slavery or something. So he but, uh, goes, we're he off. Is. He gets the Mandalore. Just go right there. I mean, oh, just yeah. no if ands, or buts about it, really. Just get right down to the brass tacks of it all, which I, well, I appreciate immensely, really. Absolutely. About damn time. And he's teaching Grogu, like, this is how this ship works. And this is this is where Bo-Katan lives. And this is the planet. And this is the whole system. And you need to know how to get through the galaxy. Uh, and so they get onto the planet and they go through a big storm and it comes on the bottom and he's like it's looking pretty rough for a minute there it yeah. really does seem like oh shit this planet's horrible it's a ravaged wasteland but um it's like you know once they break through the storm up in the atmosphere there it's like oh it's not quite so bad i mean it's terrible um i was surprised by how thoroughly it actually was glass to be honest mm. because they said that and i was i guess i didn't believe it but like this is like a full-on like halo level of glass level yeah where they they turn the surface of that planet to glass with their turbo lasers, I guess, which is like pretty full on. And it's like, I guess it's, it's not really a concept we see much in in Star Wars, really. No, but it was, no, no. It was neat. I mean, it's interesting, like that they fully on did it. It's they have a um they have a name for it. What is it? It's like base delta zero is like the mm. imperial protocol for that of just like yeah, we're turning this planet to rubble. <laughs> just get rid. We of don't it. give a shit anymore. Um, because th- that is like part of the lore. It's one of those things where like sometimes the 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 background lore and all the details and stuff doesn't really vibe necessarily with storytelling at times, but it's one of those things where technically one Imperial Star Destroyer is enough to like basically destroy a planet. It's much yeah. more slow, 
obviously, and less, you know, complete than, like, blowing it up with a Death Star. But for all intents and purposes, you can, you know, There's devastate a, an really? entire world. Um, and that's what they did here. with Between the, the TIE bombers and the presumably some orbital bombardment and stuff, they... They ruined this place, and there's all this, like, jagged sort of green, like, glass that's covering the whole planet, and it's in these, like, jagged sheets and stuff, and it's cracked apart. It's, it's really interesting. I think it looks great, like, just visually oh, yeah. in this episode. This whole thing looks, it looks fantastic. I agree. It's very, very Obviously, visceral. it's, like, you know. Terrible, terrible thing. But Well, it's, yeah, but I was, it's all CG, of course, mm. but, like, this is one of the things that's, like, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? And, yeah. like... There is no, like, filming this on location, right? As much as people have given the Disney Plus series shit for, like, the volume and, and the effects at times, this is like, well, what are you going to do here, right? I mean, this... Yeah, there's no... Pl- we haven't glassed anywhere yet. And, and again, it looks great. I mean, it looks about as real as you could expect a planet that's been covered in, yeah, glass like that to look. So, I think it looks sweet. Mm-hmm. And so, they sends out the Astromech, R5-D4. Mm-hmm. And he's like, go do it. And he's like, I really don't want to do it. And he's like, just fucking do it, man. And, and then he disappears. He gets immediately lost. Yeah, he's like, fuck. And then he goes, he pressurizes his helmet, pressurizes the cabin, and goes goes to find him. What was his cave? And he finds a bunch of weird monsters, uh, like mutated people. I, I'm not sure what they are. No, I think they're aliens of just some aliens kind. Aliens planet, just hanging out in the city underground. We, um, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll catch their name in a minute. I don't remember. They're new. They've, they've never been, this is the first time they've ever appeared, so. Oh. They're not in my, uh, you know, lexicon. Yeah, not yet. But these guys, who evidently, according to Bo-Katan, they lived out in the wastes before, and now that you know the city's been brought to ruin, they just kind of live in the ruins of the city underground and shit. But um, they're like vaguely sapient. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, hard yeah. To, I mean, they look like people. They look like most Star Wars aliens that they got like you know arms and legs and shit. But uh, mm. they seem to act mostly like mindless Monsters. monster guys. So they remind me of the um. The creatures from the book, The Time Machine. A lot of other people said that, yeah. Oh, Morlocks, they? is that what they're called now? Something like that, I don't remember. Yeah, people. I saw other people say the same thing, Jack. There you go. He tries to fight with the Darksaber, but it's too heavy. Yeah, he still struggles with it, which will... Just so dang heavy. In a bit. But he finds R5-D4, and they're like, all right, let's do it. Um, And they basically just like jump down in there. Uh, Not, not too much too much fanfare there they're just like all right we're gonna go dive into the city it turns out that the air is fine or whatever it's breathable it's not poison like uh you know everybody said like bo-katan said so maybe uh She's maybe a big fat liar the armor is lying to you i don't know i don't know maybe. we'll see um but they just kind of float all the way down um but then they, they well he runs into a bit of a snag doesn't he yeah he gets captured by a big old crab mouth crab mech a big yeah big crab mech thing with a weird spindly man inside of it what do, what do you what do we think of this whole situation bizarre very yeah. cool looking uh-huh. and unique very bizarre he's got a human eye in Yo, it. oh yeah he's he's creepy and weird but like do you and i guess i guess people think it's like you know discourse and stuff online um some people are acting like this is like bad like it's like it's wrong out of place or whatever whatever criticism but like i don't know this seems pretty uh this seems mostly on brand to me, Star yeah, Wars wise. Like I don't. It's a weird, diseased person doing a weird robot thing. Yeah, it's on not a forgotten, I mean, destroyed planet. Strict. It's not strictly speaking something we've seen directly before, but I don't. I don't think this is like too much of a departure. I mean, I I know that's always going to be a concern, right? When you're introducing new stuff to Star Wars, is like it has a pretty distinct, you know, style and and visually and and like the universe has some, you know, unspoken rules. Mm-hmm. 
in, in that sort of way where it's like you can't just throw anything and everything that's sci-fi in here and expect it to fit in Star Wars, right? Like it, mechs are a good example of this, right? That's talked about. It's like there isn't really mechs in the traditional sci-fi kind of sense, right? They just don't have them. Yeah. Like piloted, like fucking big, you know, like Gundams. Gungeon, Gundams, yeah, yeah, whatever they're called. Um, That's not really a thing Star Wars has. Could it? Kind of. Like it doesn't, they kind of have everything else you, like if you can pilot a big walker, right? Why couldn't you pilot a big kind of robot? Man, like we have droids, like, but it's just, it's just one of those things where like it doesn't really fit. So they don't yeah. do it. So I kind not of. Not everything has to be in yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. So I, I understand the hesitation on some level, but I don't know. This one didn't bother me too much at all. This weird guy. I mean, in a lot of ways, he, he reminded me a lot of General Grievous. Oh, yeah. Which sure. obviously he's, you know, established kind of dude. Um, the big crab robot thing didn't seem too far out of left field. I mean, that that kind of thing, I feel like, is something we've seen before. We don't know specifically what alien this dude is or what he was up to down here, but overall, I don't think this was, like, massively... Yeah, um, not, not the worst thing they could have done. Weird. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's bizarre, but there's a lot of bizarre shit in Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Uh, and then so he's got Din, and then... And, and boy, does he have him. Oh, yeah. He's got him in a little cage. Uh, later, we see he's siphoning his blood. That's how it seems. His so, precious bodily fluids. Yeah, so I assume get just to keep his youth, his youthful vigor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So then he goes close to him, and he go, and then is conscious enough to tell him to go find uh, Bo-Katan, as he showed him right before they land on the planet. Uh, he's also pursued by a dragon of some kind. Yeah, weird little flying creature of some kind. Weird crocodile with wings. It's very, I mean, scary. We talked about Galvin Crocodiles earlier in this episode. With wings, even worse. Um, flies to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan's very annoyed to see Din again. He's like, hey, I thought I told you. You're the baby. What? what? Hey, I, I already, get out of here. I already told you. What? What? So they get there. Uh, Bo-Katan rescues him. And well, yeah, we get a, well, we get a lot of Bo-Katan stuff this oh, episode, yeah. as it turns out. It's a, it's a real Bo-Katan heavy episode. Put Bo-Katan all the way down. And I'm, well, I'm, I'm here for it, Jack. I got to say. Um, and I think we get a real, I think we get a, you know, real sense of her in this episode, basically, mm-hmm. right? Because I think, I think we going into this and a lot of people had maybe an idea of what Bo-Katan was going to do in this season and the function she was going to kind of serve narratively. And, um, well, basically we were kind of figured she might be something of an antagonist to Din. Yeah, with the, him and the, her and the armor are kind of going against him. But, um, that's not really what it seems here, right? No, it's like they're very much, on, at least for now, very much on each other's side. Very much. And um, I, I, I think we just get a real good look into her kind of psyche, what what she's about, what makes her tick, and, and kind of her thoughts on a lot of this in a really interesting way. Mm. Um, Because, like, we do know that Bo-Katan is this, like, nuanced and sort of at times tragic character, right? And, like, she's got all these layers to her where, yeah, during the Clone Wars, she was uh like a terrorist, <laughs> basically. I mean, oh, yeah. she ran... A thing called Death Watch. Yeah, she was part of Death Watch, which was like directly opposed to like her sister's yeah. government. And, Joined and Darth Maul. They unironically did literal little terrorist attacks, like you know, bombings in the city and shit mm-hmm. on civilians. And like she, there's that there's that episode where they kill a village, and she's like flame throwing people alive and shit, <laughs> like a lot of fucked up stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but then we see like. You know, she kind of comes around, and it's like, oh, Darth Maul sucks, so maybe Mandalore's okay, and we should work together. And then, obviously, they work together in the Siege of Mandalore, and, and but then that goes wrong, right? Like, we have all these different things where, like, she kind of, I don't know, like, rides a different uh, different situations to her own benefit or whatever mm-hmm. whatever her particular motives are at that time. Um, and, you know, 
when we see her in Rebels, she is kind of this reluctant, like, I don't know if I really want to do that because I have failed and we've we've had all these missteps so often. Mm. I don't know if that's what I do want to do, right? And then um, when we saw her last season in The Mandalorian, it was like, well, it, it kind of seemed like she was over that and she was like, I want the Darksaber. I want it. Yeah, I'm ready for it, it right? And again, everything we know about her, it's like she's not really a, a particularly like meek kind of person. So we were all kind of assuming that going into this, She'd want the dark saber. She would want it, and she would be willing to, well, basically fight him for it. But um, the the character we see in this is not necessarily all that. And I I thought it was fascinating the kind of stuff she gets up to in this one, right? Mm-hmm. So we get a lot of like lore from her, a lot of like background and and you know little tidbits, right? Yeah. That she's sharing between Grogu and Din, we get a lot of it. Like, and um, I thought there was a really interesting bit of acting from her. I, I think all the way through, Katie Sackhoff does great this episode, but right, like. Yeah. When she arrives on Mandalore, she actually has like a bit of like a like a smile, like a like a positive reaction to it of like, look, it's it's my home world. Like, you know, this is a place this is the place she grew up and everything. Like she mm. she would have a particular fondness for it. Uh-huh. Even though she does have all these other like bad memories of it and then the things that, you know, she feels responsible for and the things she's done wrong. There's also that element of like, this is this is where we're from. This is mm. cool. But then that's you know, it's constantly at war with that yeah, this like um whatever you call it, where she is like, we fucked it all up though, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we used to, we used to have this and now we don't. Yeah, we and botched it. We botched it, right? Like this this was a great civilization. Um, and I think that's interesting too because I I feel a little bit that Bo-Katan's got a bit of, um, maybe a bit of rose-colored glasses for Mandalore, right? Mm. Because it, it very much had its flaws because it was like, you know, for all of its history, like uh, this war society yeah, that- kind- they love their weapons. It's their yeah. religion and all that. It was a society that like ran entirely on like you know conquest and domination and you know destroying others and and conquering an entire region of space and shit. Like that's what they were all about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like this necessarily this home to like fine arts and shit. No, I no. mean they had that, but like it is important to remember that like they they weren't exactly the heroes most of the time, right? Mm-mm. I mean they were doing their own thing. I mean they were doing what they wanted to do, like you, you know. But um. Yeah, they weren't exactly like these uncomplicated, like you know, yeah, heroes basically. But again, obviously, you understand why she would be, you know, have a particular idea of what it was. Right. Um, we see her do a little bit of fighting, right? And she's a real right. badass. She gets, she gets uh, that. Um, what's it? The big mech guy. Good. Well, she beats up a bunch of the. Oh yeah, she does. Mutant guys first. Right. She got that fun line, which is from the trailer, right? Which is, you you think your dad was the only Mandalorian. Um, which is good because, and like, I'm sure there's people who have uh, takes on this. If I know the internet, I'm sure that people have takes on her they being a badass and, and saving Din. But um, I don't see why she shouldn't, strictly speaking. Yeah. Um, Bo-Katan should be better than him at almost everything. Oh, yeah. Din, we sound like he kind of sucks sometimes. He kind of sucks sometimes. He's not as cool as he wants to be. She's way more informed. She knows way more about him than him about everything. Surely her training should be way better, right? Din yeah. had like half of that before everything went tits up. And, um, you know, he also was working under like a cult and shit. Mm. She was the princess basically of Mandalore. She would have had access to anything and everything yeah. in terms of that. Part of the terrorist group. They probably trained a little bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I'm sure she has like, she's got better equipment and always has like, she's, she's you know, it, it would be surprising if she wasn't better than him, right? Basically. Mm. And um, I mean, she is, yeah. But we we've never seen her not be a badass, basically. You know, Clone Wars and Rebels and everything. She she always could handle herself, so it's certainly not surprising here. I mean, we we obviously saw a little bit of that in season two, but this is obviously a dedicated like let's show Bo Katan be a you know a solo badass here for a while. Mm. 
But um, oh, we also we see some of her gadgets, right? That are distinct from Din's gadgets. Din's obviously they both got like the the zipline thing or whatever the yeah. the whip cord. But then um, she's got a knife in hers, oh, the, yeah. like an Assassin's Creed type blade, <laughs> hidden blade. Um, she's got a like a shield, like an energy shield, which is right, super yeah. cool. Keep her, which is a really fun one that we see a lot. Um, she's the dark saber a little bit with the shield. Oh yeah, she eventually gets that, and that's a super cool look. This like so you know lightsaber and like light buckler type deal, mm. super cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's what's one of the fun aspects of Mandalorians, right? Is that they have like distinct stuff. Like Din's got what? He's got he's got a flamethrower. He's got his whistling birds. He's got he has the zipline thing as well. What else? He's got. Be about the doesn't, he have, doesn't he have leg rockets or my? Where's that Boba Fett? Din? Uh, I don't think he. I don't think Din does. Yeah, Boba Fett has the knee rockets. Right. But, like, the, the whole point of the gauntlets is that they're kind of personalized and they all have, like, different gauntlets. The, the general idea is that those gauntlets, pretty much all of the little gadgets on there are, like, meant to counter or imitate meant Jedi either. abilities. Right, yeah. From the from the wars. So, like, I think Sabine probably has, like, maybe the coolest set of them by the end of Rebels. Rebels. She has, like, a, this, like, force push-esque, like, repulsor thing. She's got, like, this, like, light whip type dealio. Uh-oh. She's got one of the shields as well. She got some cool stuff, but anyways, a lot of fun action. See all that, and like, yeah, she she uh, basically just rolls up and beats the shit out of this weird robot guy. Oh yeah, and obviously she is much more proficient with the dark saber for any number of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Probably for like the weird intangible spiritual reasons, right? Yeah, because she can. She's like the true ruler. She feels she is a ruler. Yeah, she doesn't have any compunctions about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just she's experienced with it. She's wielded it on. At least, at least one occasion. Well, of course, she was using it, so that's cool. Um, so yeah, that's this is a whole fun sequence. Um, but kind of the surprising thing, I thought for sure this was another point where we were gonna take a change here, mm-hmm. and suddenly she'd be like, "All right, this is mine now." Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I thought so too. But no, she's just like, "Yeah, man, that's yours. I was happy to come help you. It's no problem." Yeah, <laughs> we're having a nice little campfire now, and um, they have some chats. Um, she tries again in vain to be like, "Bro." Would you quit it? <laughs> Would you quit it with your goofy religion? Can you not? It's so silly. For one minute. It's just like, water. He's, he's like, like, I got to. I can't. Oh, well, yeah. And she's like, you you got all this bullshit. And you don't even know about the, the soup, the goop soup or whatever this. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. The pork drink. soup. The, the pork soup. <laughs> you don't know about pork soup? Oh, my, my, oh, my own. My mother used to make this delicious pork soup. Because she's like, well, this is, a, this is like the Mandalorian thing. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You're over here not taking your helmet off, but you never even drank the spook soup, or yeah. whatever it's called. Let's see. What is it? Hold on. We're going to get the official official name. Pog soup. Pogs. Poggers. Poggers, Poggers in the, the chat, chat, baby. Dan probably pogged all over in his helmet. Oh, that's Pog. Um, so he drinks the Pog soup, and she's like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Like, you've never drank the Pog soup, and you have all these goofy things. And, and he's like, oh, so anyways, I'm here to, um, I got to go, I got to go take a bath in the water. And she's like, wow. Why? 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 That's, that's what, insane. What purpose could you possibly ever that? And he's like, well, I need to be cleansed. I'm an apostate. And he's, okay. she's just like, she's like, all right, let's go. She's like, fine, I'll show you the waters. Sure, I'll show you. Let's go look at the waters. Let's go right now. And they go there and she, there's, there's a little, little plaque. I love the plaque. Oh, yeah. Well, I like the, the another chat they have here on the way where she talks about growing up in Sundari and, and all this. Um, We get a shout out for her dad, which is, I don't think a character we've ever heard much about mm-hmm. is her and, um, Satine's dad. Um, this also gives us some concrete, or more or less concrete ideas about um, timeline stuff, which you know me, Jack. 
Love big lore junkie, big oh, timeline yeah. kind of guy. Absolutely. So um, this really kind of throws a whole wrench into like how old <laughs> Bo-Katan is, basically. Which mm-hmm. we've known she's older than Katie Sackhoff, strictly, right? Yeah. Um, the question has been how much. There, there's been people recently. I've seen a bit of an effort to try to like basically retcon slash like reverse engineer how. Oh, she probably is about the same age as Katie Sackhoff. You're wrong, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't want to be. Right? <laughs> Um, the logic was basically like, what if she was only like 20 during the Clone Wars, right? Which yeah. seems like a stretch to me, right? Being like a, you know, powerful member of like a terrorist group or whatever, but fine. I could sort of buy it, but it, it creates a few wrinkles here, especially with the information we've been given here, right? So basically, first and foremost, it's like, if she was like 15 years younger than her sister, that would kind of, you know, it's a weird dynamic, right? Yeah. And the Clone Wars seems to imply that they were at least at one point close. So basically... This is, what, this is what we get here. So she tells us in this episode, right, that she swore the uh, creed in front of her father. Yeah. During like when they were when everything was still cool, right? So we know basically that when she says her father died defending Mandalore, when her dad died, that set off the civil war. Yeah. Right. The Man- at least the first one, whatever the Mandalorian civil war, which uh, is the one where her sister then at the end of like you know seized power, and tried to make them into um, pacifists pacifist for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So, knowing all that, the assumption is that that happened when Bo- or when um they, they were on the run for a year, at which point Satine and Obi-Wan were probably about 19, right? Yeah. In which case, Bo-Katan would probably have been at least 14 or 15 herself if she had already sworn the creed, right? Yeah. And it would also then follow that like her and her sister could be reasonably close. Um, otherwise, for her to be like 20, 21 during the Clone Wars, she would have to be anywhere between like one and four mm, when one. this war happened. Yeah. Which means she wouldn't have ever had that close connection with her sister or sworn the creed in front of her father when he's still alive. Yeah. So it definitely kind of seems to imply she was of at least a certain age when her dad was still alive, which means she has to be like only a few, again, a few years younger than Obi-Wan, meaning she's like, she, she should be in her 60s here, basically. Yeah. Which is like, whatever. I don't know. It's it's not really that important to me. It's just, I think that is what it is, right? Mm. I think that's how the math has to work out, just timeline-wise. I also gets kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where, like, when you throw all of these things out together and you piece them all together, it does paint a picture, whether you intended it to or not. Mm. So, I did see a theory that I would actually be fine enough with is um maybe the explanation to, like, kind of work out the discrepancy there is that there was a period where she was somehow like e- either carbonite or, or cryo frozen in some way okay and she was out of out of uh sort of the you know public eye and also then sort of frozen in time because mm-hmm. it's an, another kind of idea is that in rebels when she's introduced they don't really know who she is even like sabine who is you know herself a mandalorian is like who's that and it's like if Bo-Katan had been out and about this whole time, like, fighting the good fight. You'd think everyone should know about her, but yeah. they don't. So that kind of causes its own wrinkles. Like, what yeah. was she up to in that, you know, intervening basically 20 years between the Siege of Mandalore and then the, like, Mandalorian Civil Wars then? So right. there's a lot There's a lot of different lore stuff going on there and a lot of, you know, obviously we're drawn from, like, four different shows and mm. books and shit to, to piece it all together. But I just love stuff like this. I love these little details. Learn about right. her dad. Um, cause people, you know, it's, it, this show in particular has like 
throwing a lot of Mandalorian lore at us that seems to contradict the other stuff, especially before we got to season two and we learned that he was part of like a weird cult that was separate. It was like, what is all this stuff coming from? Because it yeah. doesn't really line up with the Mandalorians we've seen before. Because but in Clone Wars, they took off their helmets all the time. Yeah, exactly. But it seems like the the like only consistent thing here is that they aren't consistent, basically. Mm. I think a big part of this is that, especially after that Civil War, when we had a big group, you know, the the Mandalorian, like, royal family who was ostensibly in power was like, we're going to be pacifists now. You probably had tons of group beyond just Death Watch who broke off and were like, well, we don't want to do that. We're going to hold on to our warrior ways. Yeah, we keep going. And even during the Clone Wars, like, when we have the, um, like, the Siege of Mandalore, when you have Bo-Katan and the Loyalists fighting against Darth Maul and the, uh... Shadow Collective type dudes. Like, mm. all that seems to suggest, like, oh, there's a ton of Mandalorians here with armor who are fighting and stuff. Like, there's probably a lot of guys who were just kind of waiting for the go-ahead to be like, actually, we're going to... It's back on, yeah, We're doing war again. Let's go. Because <laughs> that's what they've always been about. Mm. So I love it. It, it kind of makes sense that, like, the pacifist thing was just a bit of a footnote, really, for yeah. them. They didn't care too much about it. Exactly. But, yeah. Lots of good little war stuff, like I said. I am. Um, it'd be cool to get like flashbacks at that time. I what I would love is I can't believe they haven't done it because in the past like five years they've done two different um, Padawan Obi Wan novels, mm. neither of which were about the Satine stuff, which is unbelievable to me. Mm. I it feels like ripe for a book unless the, the only thing would be is like are they saving it for something more, yeah, something bigger? But it's like we'll get to it then. What are we doing? Yeah, why are we, why are we delaying it? Yeah, I think that'd be sweet. Season two of the Obi Wan show. Ooh. <laughs> And, like, it, the other thing is, like, you can just, at that point, you just cast whoever the fuck, right? Mm. Just get someone in to be young Obi-Wan, get someone in to be young Satine, let's not worry about it. Yeah. I see so often people fan casting Satine as um Kate Blanchett, which would work for, like, a Clone Wars era appearance of her, maybe, but it's just, like, for what? Yeah. What is she going to appear in? The Clone Wars again? I don't know. I have no fucking clue. She, she, classically, she, she, she dies. dies in the Clone Wars. <laughs> the Clone Wars. pretty yeah. really upsets our boy there. Only for a second, and he lets it go. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Just for one, they just want a picture of Kate Blanchett. Kind I of think, yeah, you just put up the pictures, and you're like, doesn't that work? And it's like, yeah, it works. It's cool. Great. It's cool, you, did good, you did such a good job. Good but. job. I'll tell you, I'll give you attention because your parents don't love you or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, Boca, or, uh, Din says he would have liked to know her dad, and she's like, yeah, he was cool. He's a great guy. Hmm. And uh, very good, <laughs> very fun moment here where he goes, um, where when she says that he, her father died defending Mandalore, he says, "This is the way," and she's just like, "What? What? what are you? What the fuck? I don't like that religion. Why don't you tell me that?" He like stops dead in his tracks and is just like, "This is the way," and she just obviously doesn't hit it back at all because she's not into that. That's not what she's about. She doesn't believe in any of that bullshit. He's like, "No, I got this. I, I'm doing great. We're being just just great friends. Hit her with this. She's gonna love it. I'll get her on board. Yeah, I love this." But she obviously, yeah, she does. She does not. He's just always like, all right, I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> she doesn't respond to that one at all, which is very fun. Um, uh, and then we get to the the room. Like you said, there's like a little inscription. She I reads. think it's fun. It reads like a tour guide. Yeah, she's yeah. kind of poking fun because to her, this is like honestly mundane, right? Like yeah. she understands the historical sort of significance to it, but largely it's just she recognizes it as just ceremony, like something you just did because that's what you did, right? Mm. There's not real meaning behind it she's like yeah that's the place where we got the, mo- the it was a it was a mine 
That's where we got the shit. We mined the best car and we got it out and that's where it was. Like what's all there was to it. Great mythosaur was here. But now um then gets here and he gets all he right away gets all weird. Yeah, he's like I take off all my weapons and starts stripping down, but not to his actual Skivvies, he just or even just taking his helmet off, which you would I would almost have thought was part of it, is like take your helmet you off. Go in without the helmet on, right? But clearly not. It's not how he sees it. So um he walks in there and I don't know. What what do we think happens here? I think he steps off the ledge and sinks. Do you think in. he literally just immediately like sinks and is like, ooh? I don't I think because when she dives and you see that it, it uh-huh. sheer drops off, so I think he takes a big step and he goes whoop and he just drops. I was assuming something grabbed him, but it doesn't necessarily seem to imply that. It just he sinks so quickly. Yeah. She's true. right in there after him and like shooting like rocketing down and she cannot catch him. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, um, I was also thinking, well, he was doing this. I go, now how does he prove he did this? Yeah. He says he has to bring back some proof that he's done it to her. Yeah, a cup full of water? Hey, you can taste it. Taste it. It tastes For like real. the mines. <laughs> the real living waters. And they're like, all right. So this is a real cool moment here, though, I think. Um, and I think this whole this whole situation here between the, the with these two characters, right, mm. and this dynamic and stuff, I think is going to be like central to this season, right? So again, I was kind of surprised that we resolved this whole thing as quickly as we did with he's, he's been here. He's, he's bathed in the waters and, and he finds him. He believes at least that he's redeemed now. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think the dynamic between the two of them is probably going to be like, I think it's going to be real big going forward here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they basically, I think what it is is class, you know, the classic type scenario. I think they have a lot to learn from each other, each other. Mm-hmm. And you get, like, a look here from Bo-Katan where she, like, sees him and she sees how dedicated he is, right? Yeah. And she doesn't agree with all this, obviously. And she doesn't believe all the same stuff he believes. But I think on some level she still appreciates how much he is able to believe, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, she's, again, like, all episodes she has the tendency to be a bit cynical about this all. And, like, oh, whatever, it, it all's wrong and who cares anymore and, you know we screwed it all up and I don't even care about the creed or whatever. And I don't think that like, she's going to become, you know, a child of the watch like him or anything, but I think she does have something to learn from him. And I think they got to basically meet in the middle. Right. Yeah. I think Din is going to be like, well, she's probably right about a lot of this because, well, I mean, we know she is right. Yeah. Like exactly. as the audience, we know that his shit's nonsense. Yeah, and his bullshit. Old, like if this episode didn't do it for him, I don't know what will, when he's literally talking to like the, the princess of Mandalore, where she's talking about her dad, the king of Mandalore, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know if you guys were really doing it right, though." It's like, <laughs> what the? What is this? Where, you, where yeah. do you get off, Din? Huh? Why do you think that you're right? You lived on the moon. You, you lived told, on the moon, you goober. You even went, like, "Yeah, I didn't even live on the planet. I lived on that moon over there." <laughs> you lived on Concordia, which is a fine moon, okay, but it's not. Listen, it's not the same, okay. And once again, she has to save his goofy ass um, because he decided to go swimming without his jetpack. Yeah. Meanwhile, she she holds on to that because I. Uh, Comes in quite handy for situations like this. Big treacherous drops like this. Um, no musk- yeah. With it, nothing. I was just thinking about look at the cliff, see like how quickly it drops. Um, we see that her. Oh. Bless you. Oh, thank you, Jack. Um, her jetpack's doing something kind of weird, where it the the jet's coming out the middle and not yeah. the sides. Um, which has like been a feature on Mandalorian jetpacks for a long time, that like hole in the middle. But um, I think it largely came from toys or vice versa i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> that like hole in the middle is like is originally where the the first boa fett action figure was going to have the rocket launcher 
At least that's what I associate with it. I could be wrong. But um, yeah, uh, we, we see that in use actually where she jets all the way down with it. So I guess that's the underwater function of it. I don't know. How do jetpacks work underwater? Uh, don't think about it. Don't don't worry about don't it. That's what think, I was you think about it even a second? Um, but she gets down there. She gets him. Big big sack of fucking bricks at the bottom of the water because yeah. he's he's covered in like fifty pounds of metal. He's soaking wet now, so he's even heavier. <laughs> and um, she grabs him, and on the way back up, they they well, they catch a glimpse of a bit of a, a bit of a creature, don't they? Jack? Yeah, a bit of a specimen. They go, oh, look at this, uh, a mythosaur. But he's oh, he's just he's just like a dead one. He's like a fossil or something. And then he. Looks at and him. He moves. He's like, what the fuck are you guys doing down here? Oh, so bright. Oh, there's a light. Come on. Jeepers. Um, yeah. So first we just kind of catch, obviously, you know, it's only partial. And you're like, what is this big tusked thing? Oh, and then it obviously, like, you know, it is pretty apparent as like the profile of the head. The head, like the skull that is there, you know, the symbol of Mandalore. Um, And she's like, holy shit. <laughs> Dude's alive. Yeah. She gasps. Isn't aren't, don't all the, didn't they kill the mythosaurs? Yeah, they thought they were all dead. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's like a thing they did intentionally. I could be wrong though. I'd have to brush up on that bit of lore. But can't, I can't tell if I'm conflating that with Avatar: The Last yeah, Airbender Avatar, yeah, yeah, when yeah. they I killed the dragons. I think it's a very similar thing. Um, but yeah, they uh, they find one down there. Um, I believe Jack, you and I speculated on this during the Book of Boba Fett, right? Oh yeah, when we. Heard that he had to go beneath Mandalore into the living waters. We were like, I wonder if a mythosaur is going to be in there because it just seems. I mean, yeah, we, naturally, like the type of thing would be is like, okay, big underwater cavernous thing, big monster, maybe a big lost monster, and oh, there he is. And there he is. I think we also referenced when the oh, what's his name, the guy who teaches him to ride the thing, the puppet. Yeah, guy. yeah, Kuil. Kuil, when he's like, your ancestors rode the mythosaur, and we were like, he'll probably ride the mythosaur to become Mandalore, just yeah. like. Just like the other man, the first one who was like the great. Well, there, and there's a lot of theory. I mean, obviously between having the dark saber and all the other different aspects of his personality here, or his character rather, um, there's a lot of speculation that like that's where Din's headed, right? Yeah. His overall journey is going to be to become the new Mandalore, and um, you know, all these little things would be like contributing to that, right? To his legend, like we we have all these, you know, in lore, there's all these different mythologicals. Ask you know, Mandalores of past, like you know, you get, like. Between legends and canon, all they got all kind of goofy names like Mandalore the Protector and Mandalore the Great and and all this shit and all the cool shit they did. That's kind of what he's building here is like his own legend, right? Whether yeah. he knows it or not, it's like he got the dark saber and he did this and that and he fucking fought Moth Gideon and he has Moth a Gideon. Jedi son and yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, maybe he uh, maybe he'll ride a Mythosaur. That'd be sick. Which would be like the first time they've done that in like forever, because you know. They're, they're all thought to be dead. Now, definitely, that probably expedite the price of people being on his side because, you know, the Mandalorians are big on their traditions. So they're like, well, he's riding the thing that we all know about. I mean, but to them, that's like of clear as day. So uh-huh. I'm like, follow this guy to the ends of the earth. But the thing about him is still that he's like, doesn't want to be. Doesn't, he's not interested. He's he the reluctant hero. Oh, no. Exactly. Classic. I mean, love, love a reluctant hero. That's the only way to go, really. Yeah. If your hero's not reluctant, he's kind of just a dick. He's like, do you want an eager hero? Like, yeah, I'm ready to be the hero. I'm ready yeah, to do all I'll, the things. I'll I think kill I'm, anybody. I think I'm perfectly ready. I think I don't need any growth, actually. Journey? Ah, get fucked. <laughs> I ain't going to this. I ain't going to the unknown worlds. I know all the worlds. Ah, <laughs> uh, exactly. So I won't come back changed. Your story. Get fucked, story circle. Fuck you, Joseph Campbell. I ain't got a thousand faces. I'm my own hero. That's right. Um, kind of thing, uh, what do you think is happening? 
So we're moving so quickly. What's where are we gonna go? That's what I mean. Like I really kind of. Th- I mean, we we're joking, but I really did expect this to take a few more episodes to get here. Especially the the pace that for this episode set. I was like, oh my god. So we need a whole episode to find this droid part. Then we gotta probably have a whole episode. We bring it back and we we and we fix IG eleven, and then we get. But like, no, we're we're here. Yeah. So I would assume next episode is gonna be him being like, I'm back, going to the yeah, armor and be, and then I don't know. I hope it doesn't work. Basically, yeah. And I think that's probably where it's going, right? We talked about it last week. It seemed like this whole thing was purpose-built to be impossible mm-hmm. because the whole thing is that her, she has her rules here and she's got it all set up and her word is law, basically. She, she's presenting it like it's this outside thing of like the rules are the rules, man. But as best we can tell, right? I mean, it's from, from the audience perspective, we have no reason to believe anyone except her made these fucking rules up because, again, no one else follows them. Of course, yeah. So I feel like what could happen is she he gets back there. She's like, I did it. And she'll be, you know, she just goes to find some other fucking reason why Doesn't count. he shouldn't be back in or whatever. Yeah. And maybe he really starts to make steps to be like, maybe you guys aren't super cool. Yeah, are pretty terrible to me. I am really hoping maybe Bo-Katan tags along. Yeah, just to be like, and fuck I you. I would love to have an encounter between the two of them. Regardless of if my thing, my theory plays out or not i think they're just two fun characters to talk i to still think other. they would yeah absolutely i don't i don't think that's a, it required for them to have interesting yeah. interactions and someone pointed out and i don't know why i didn't really i never fully consider this but like if bo had any interactions with paz vizsla that would be notable oh, yeah. for her because she was i don't i i don't think the show was ever the clone wars is ever explicit with it but i guess i always assumed they had some kind of relationship in addition to her following pre which, but regardless, she was clearly like respected him and followed him as a leader mm-hmm. and she was upset when he died and stuff. So that'd be interesting to see, to be like, we, we don't know how they're related, but just to see that connection, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Some kind of rel- relative of pre to be like, man, what are you up to? What are you, what's your deal? And, and then we you could, want the dark saber, huh? We could pass the Bechtel test here in the armor talk. As long as they weren't talking about Din, yeah, I guess. As long as they like, yeah, anyway, the Creed. I hate the Creed. There's just a couple a couple conversations and then a couple senses and we're good. She she rolls up. She takes her helmet off. They all piss themselves. They go, oh my God, she did the thing. What are you? Yusepa. <laughs> Apostate. It's like, all right, whatever, man. Jesus. God. She's like, I, she's like uh, actually, I, I'm, I was like literal princess of Mandalore. Lots of people, actually, smart. Lots of people, smart people say I'm maybe the heir to Mandalore, but I still am people the are saying I'm actually the rightful rule. Lots, of, I mean, I, I'm just saying if you know if you if you keep an ear out, lots of people say I'm maybe the rightful ruler of Mandalore. So I don't know. Watch you watch how you step to me, huh? Or like maybe uh, you know something bad happens. I don't know. Maybe some kind of accident befalls you. you hear yeah. what happened to the last guy? But a Darth Maul ring any bells? You know what happened to him? Dead. We put him in a Jedi box. <laughs> we he figured out Star Wars and tried to tell us all about Star Wars. We didn't let him. We put him in a Mandalorian Jedi box. How'd that go for him? Yeah, huh? yeah. he's dead. and then Obi Wan killed him. I think. Listen, that was all out of our hands. That was okay? out of our we hands. took care of it our part. A, it was a Jedi on Jedi uh, <laughs> interaction. We had no part in it. We did our part. Okay. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. Nice. Yeah, I I hope we get a lot more Boca Tan. That's all I gotta say. Oh, like, after this episode, I'm like, yes, let's let's explore this. Let's have them. Again, play off each other and like question their own kind of each of their own, you know, biases and, and their paradigms here where they can again kind of meet in the middle where Bo Katan can be like, actually maybe maybe Din's right on some below about some of this stuff. Like I could treat it with a little more like reverence and respect and, and maybe find some kind of peace and, and whatnot mm-hmm. for like 
her past. And then Din can be like, actually, maybe not all this, though. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some things. Maybe not all this. Yeah. Maybe the weapon. I keep the weapons thing because it's a fun religion, but maybe, maybe some of this can go by the wayside. Maybe we don't need to do all these weird rules. Bo-Katan doesn't seem to live by any rules other than just, like, do her best. Yeah. God willing. Like, the creed, I believe, in in Legends was a lot different because it was mostly about, like, protecting your family and your clan and stuff, mm-hmm. which, I mean, that's, that's nice, I guess. Yeah. That's kind of what Bo- Book of Boba Fett was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't really... Wouldn't complain about that. Uh, so we got anything else for this episode? I guess not. I think so. Okay, cool. So we can probably wrap it up right about here. Uh, as always, thanks so much for listening to the episode. You can find us each week on Mondays on any anywhere else to your podcasts. You can contact us if you'd like on Twitter at Akatech Jazz, J A Z, on Gmail at Akatech Jazz Gmail.com, or on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Uh, our logo was done by friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. Uh, our intro was done by friend of the show, Celery Salt. You can find him on Spotify and SoundCloud with his album and singles with B-Sides. And as always, we wrote it. We produced it. We both of the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. And Godspeed.